Hey, yes, sir. What's good, bro? What's good, brother? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Welcome to another episode of the Foxing Around podcast. I'm your host, Raymond Fox. And I'm your co-host, Rupert Thomas. Hey, we got another exciting episode for you guys. Uh, Ryan McMahon will be joining us in a uh, few short moments. But in the meantime, man, we've been uh, getting up to some stuff. We've been working with a few different companies. Want to shout some people out real quick. First things first, I want to give a quick shout out to my bro, Smudge the Blades, Harlan Kingfisher, doing some big work out there in uh, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. And now I think he's going pretty much uh, globally, getting his gear out everywhere. So, uh shout out to smudge the blades for uh Bro, no. yeah for real man i'm still waiting on my order but big shout out to smudge the blades bro uh i heard the pa raiders are gonna be picking up his stuff and he's gonna be doing a collab with them for pa raiders uh x uh smudge the blades clothing he was sponsored on bar down he's doing big big things bro man and i i can't wait till i get my sweater in for real Hey, no doubt, man. They're comfy as heck. They're baggy. They're looking good, man. I'm digging it. Next thing, man, is we would like to give a real huge spot, uh, shout out to our sponsor, uh, Cleanest Way, man. They're uh, they're out there doing some great work in the First Nations communities in and around Saskatchewan. Uh, we actually got a video uh, queued up that we want to show you guys, man. It's one of their new uh, products. It's a it's it's basically like a COVID reliever man it's going to get rid of any kind of dirt dust anything going on in your house man it's 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 out of there with this machine so check it out me and river will commentate too as as uh, we show you the video yeah we gotta turn that down a little bit that's too loud there you go hey simple safe so I think you just pour the water in and then it uh, it, it helps make the mist. Eight hundred square feet. Okay. Now you can move it around. We should we, we should get them to make the ones where they like uh, they start hitting into walls and getting everywhere like a vacuum bro. <laughs> hey you got a free remote and one month supply of uh, disinfecting tablets that go into that joint. Bro, this machine looks like some from the future, dog. It is, bro. <laughs> yeah. Future is now. <laughs> hey, there we go. So once again, the number is down there too. I believe they got a Facebook page. If you could reach out to our bro, Shannon Brass, Dave, everybody over there at Cleanest Way and give them some of your business, man. It would mean a lot because uh, they believe in us. They believe in foxing around and... Uh, they're uh, doing a lot of good work in the uh, First Nations communities. I believe like they have like 20% that goes back into the communities uh, for small indigenous businesses, which is huge, man. So 20% of their profits automatically go into a uh, into indigenous business. Yeah, for real. Nah, I don't think that that, uh, def- that that fogger gets hot enough. So if you see any popcorn elders with that in a sweat lodge, just turn around, man. It ain't worth it. <laughs> no cap, no cap, man. Hey, oh, someone said digging for gold. No, bro, I'm messing around with my nose ring all the time, man. It bugs me, uh, but that's a good one, bro. Anyways, let's get back to it. Um, our next guest, man, dude, 
chopping it up with this guy earlier, man. It's like a, it's like a wealth of knowledge there, man. He's, he's a comedian, but he's also like, like making like huge, huge podcasts, telling stories. He's done political, uh, analysis. He's done like everything across the board to do with media. He's, he's doing a lot of good work. He's a very interesting person. He's also extremely, extremely hilarious, man. And, uh, I'm just excited to, uh, get him on the program and, uh, let, let him, uh, come and talk to us for a little bit, man. He's got them old uncle, those wise uncle, those wise uncle, uh, tales, man. He can splash the rocks on us. So without further ado, man, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ryan McMahon. Uh, 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 um, I like, first of all, I like how immediately you call me old. <laughs> but in like a nice way you know we're like this dude this dude like like calling people uncle and aunt, like oh she got big auntie energy nowadays is like what you're basically saying is she used to be an alcoholic and she's gone through some shit and now she knows some shit and like when you're talking about uncle vibes you're basically just like this guy's best years are behind him and he gave up on life a long time ago please welcome to the show can i also say like you guys convinced someone to pay you to talk about a dehumidifier bro like you're getting you're getting racks on racks on racks and you're like yo look at that's where the smoke comes from and then they write you a check bro what the fuck I've been doing my podcast for like 10 years or something. <laughs> and I never had one sponsor, motherfucker. And that helps. <laughs> You're getting paid by Nietzsche's to talk about dehumidifiers, bro. Like, like who do I, I need to call Canadian Tire and be like, yo, I want that foxing around money, bitch. I don't want Canadian Tire dollars from my purchase. I want to talk about your nail guns. I want to talk about your paint section. And if you got a dehumidifier, boy, do I got a commercial idea for you. Oh, shit. Uh, uh, we're on a topic, bro. Let's talk about uh, that product a little bit, man. <laughs> Let me do a commercial for them. Look, there's steam that comes out the top, yo. Just buy this thing. Oh, bro! Yeah, you didn't have to go in us on us that hard from the jump, bro. I love it. Oh, uh, you, want, you want uncle vibes? I'm here all day. So basically, uh, our homie started that company, uh, Shanted Grass, and um, he wants to sell it to to, uh, to communities, and a big portion of it goes back to it, and. Um, Essentially, it cleans the air in the home of COVID, and he also does a lot of furnace and duct uh, cleaning for like uh, molds, molds, and um, asbestos, and like things that make the air quality bad in homes. And you already know that like a lot of the First Nations housing is terrible, terrible, yeah, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and with on, on top of that, that's uh, we have we also we also have to address the housing crisis as well, bro. Because these motherfuckers are giving us RTM ready to move houses that are built like put together like fucking Legos, and you go ship it to a reserve, and that shit lasts for a couple of days or a couple, a couple of years. Of days. You know, like, 
couple of days. You crees live hard, man. Like, yo, I'm gonna tear this new house apart in three days. You be- hey, chief of council, you better have more of these shits and hiding behind the dump or wherever you're storing these things. Because <laughs> no, I feel you. I, I feel you, man. I, I I hear you. I hear what you're saying, and it's true, man. It's true. We, there's we got a long way to go. But that that's cool that that's uh that's a indigenous guy that started that company to you know give back and and to do something good for the people you know that's 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 an amazing story right there. Yeah, bro, for sure. And like on top of that, with uh, our ads, bro, like with everything we make, <laughs> we give back 50 percent of that. Okay, well, I'm not laughing at that, but I'm not laughing at that. But I thought you were going to say, but on top of that, these ads that we're doing, we're selling them like hotcakes. Like he doesn't, he can't even keep inventory because boxing around is so big, yo. Anyway, man, congrats, congrats to to brother Sterling Brass on that. I mean, that's that's dope. So, is there a website? Like, what what do people have to go to to go to go find this product? Yeah, I believe he has a uh, like a uh, cleanest way uh, Shopify app that you can go on and get the uh, the foggers and uh, check them out. I should be getting mine soon, man. I think in the next couple of days, and then I'm gonna do like a whole review of it. But uh, hopefully, I don't have to uh, wash the floors for Auntie after I'm done uh, with that dehumidifier. That's, <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's inspiring. Yeah. You know, when people people start something, you know, to, to kind of solve a problem, right. Or to like, like when people are trying to like fill a gap or a need. Right. Um, and that's, and, and when people start their businesses for that reason, like that's, there's a really cool, um, a cool Basil Johnston quote, Do you know, Basil Johnston, he was an Anishinaabe, uh, language, uh, keeper and storyteller and writer and philosopher. But one of my favorite quotes, uh, from him is traditionally we were a contemporary peoples and what he's talking about there is like no matter what the no matter what the times were that we were alive we always adapted in like um and um and took the tools of the day to kind of use them for ourselves, you know and uh that's what that's what our brother is doing here is he's taking the tools of the day and finding a way to give back to to our people man that's dope bro for real that that that's so true too man it's like we're always evolving as a people and we're always trying to find the uh like what's the newest technology right even back yeah. in the day when it came to first using horses first using guns you know what i mean you're 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 leveraging the playing field and yeah no that, that that's what he's doing bro speaking of um speaking of all that and what what we're doing man what have you been up to bro like uh tell us a little bit about your podcast because everybody's asking about it now bro um yeah man well i i mean um in 2017 i started a podcast series called thunder bay it was basically a deep dive into the into the city and um you know the racism and the untimely deaths of indigenous youth in uh in thunder bay and uh, you know, I'm from around that region. I'm 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 born and raised in uh, northwestern Ontario in Treaty Three. My my home community um, is uh, is Kuchiching First Nation, and so that's just down Thunder Bay is just down the highway from us. And um, <clears throat> I don't know, man. I just kept my eye on the city, and things kept happening. And um, I uh, I pitched to uh, to uh, 
to Canada land, a Canadian independent Canadian media company um, in Toronto. We formed a partnership and we, we built that first season of the podcast. And, and um, I don't know, man, like, you know, in 2018, it was named to like the Apple, Spotify, New York Times, Toronto Star, Globe and Mail's best of uh, podcast lists, and it was it was it was it's in the millions and millions of downloads. And um, and but when we were done, we were like, you know, I think now we have to, you know, we have to let that city do some work. You know, like we can't just keep being critical and doing journalism on without letting people do their work. And so we left and, and this summer, like it's being adapted into, I don't know if I can say, I'm not supposed to, I guess I'll say, uh, I, I wasn't really supposed to say, but it's, uh, it's being turned into a, a TV series, into a dramatic series that we're selling down in the United States and a, um, a documentary series, which has been sold to Crave. Um, and you'll, you'll be able to watch it this Christmas coming up, but um I went back there this summer to do some research for the documentary TV series. And, um, and yeah, man, it was like, uh, it was just, it was wild how, how things hadn't changed yet. And, uh, so we went back there, just did a second season through, um, uh, we started, uh, the end of August and, uh, we worked our way all the way to December. And, um, so season two is out now and, you know, you can, um, you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. Search Thunder Bay. Hey, that's dope, man. I actually, this is crazy because like um, I took a, a class on uh, Native American indigenous gangs and uh, we talked a lot about like Thunder Bay and the, the gang problem they had too, but just overall like the racism and everything that kind of affected Thunder Bay. Was it hard to like work in that space like while you were doing all like because you must have had to like immerse yourself in uh, Thunder Bay while doing the entire podcast. Is it like tough to like you yeah, know, man. go, go through all that. And, you know, like on both sides, you know, like seeing the arrogant police officers and the, you know, our people struggling at the same time. Like what, what is that like, bro? It's hard. I mean, you know, when you're, when you do documentary work um, and when you, when you, when you're making media that is, is based on or inspired by, or, or has to do with our people, it takes a piece with you, you know, like you give a piece of yourself and I'm not trying to gas myself up, but you, you leave a piece of yourself with the people. Right. And, yeah. and when you're, when you're working on, you know, unsolved deaths of young people in Thunder Bay, like it's, you, it takes a piece, it takes a piece of your life from you. And uh, because that's just what the work is, man. And so, you know, it's more about like self-care. How do you practice that? How do you take care of yourself? Where do you go to get your medicines? You know, how strong is your medicines? And, you know, I've, I've had a lot of advisors and people that are close to me in my life. And when I talk to them, they just remind me, you know, you're as strong as you believe your medicine to be. So if you, if you don't think your medicine's strong, man, get out of there, you know, but if you, if you really, really pray and really reflect on, on, you know, on, on your medicine, um, you'll be strong. So I, that's what I did. I just, I focused on that and tried to, tried to keep it, positive and tried to you know tried to remember why we were doing that series which was just to fight for indigenous youth you know and we have audiences of millions so like we're telling people around the world like this is what happens in canada you know this is what's going on and so um when we finished that series like we've got dozens and dozens and dozens of names and towns and cities where people were emailing us from going like oh you think thunder bay's uh messed up why don't you come over here 
you know um and so we've got we've got lethbridge right we've got prince george we got fort st john like we got from coast to coast to coast we got the names of places there are people like the cops beat the shit out of us over here too you know we got this crooked thing going on over here we got this going on there and and so you know a lot of people a lot of a lot of kind of a lot of people kind of um are waiting for us to 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 keep doing this kind of series and and right now we're actually working on a season in um we're actually working on a season in niagara falls right now niagara falls ontario so um you know it's just just an extension of the work yeah 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 so like you you got thunder bay as well too but you got like other couple podcast well tons of podcasts but one yeah. of them like the the two that uh, like are the main focuses are usually red man laughing and stories from the land can you explain a little bit like just to our viewers because man people are already popping in the questions like yo we need a podcast we need a podcast explain both of those a little bit just to like you know what's the vibe on each of them how do you present yourself in 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 both of those spaces yeah well red man laughing was is my project um it's you know we're actually tomorrow we're announcing season uh what will be a, an extension of season 10 of the show but 10 proper years like i started i started red man laughing in 2010 um so this will be its 11th year in september Damn. and um you know there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of interviews and of of keynote speeches from from indian thinkers from around north america you know we've been at conferences we've been at the supreme court with the show like we've been we've been in community we've been everywhere man and and um and for me this was always about turning the microphone on ourselves and and each other you know waiting i i went to theater school when i was a kid and um got a degree in theater and and i learned really early like I can't wait for these people to call me. I need to, I need to make my own shit happen. And so, you know, when I saw you guys doing what you were doing, I was like, this is the way it's done, man. You, you, why are you waiting for APTN to give you a show? Like, is that your goal? Really? Cause that's going to take you four years, right? They're going to put something in development. They're going to give you $5,000. You're, you're going to make some shitty thing that isn't your original vision because you can't say fuck on TV. And I'm, I'm not saying you guys cuss and stuff, but like you just, you don't get to make what you actually want. Right. So when I see you do this, it's like, <clears throat> they got it. And this is, this is the same thing I did in 2008 when I first started and, and, you know, red man laughing, um, has been successful. I've adapted it to a national comedy special with CBC. Actually, Fawn Wood, Dallas Waskahat were on that show. <clears throat> um, it was dope story though. Um, like when Red Man Laughing was adapted into a into a, a national radio special, um, the producers were like, "Oh shit! Like, well, who are you gonna have on?" And I was like, "Well, I'm only doing it unless I I control it. Like, so you don't get to book the show for me. I'm booking the show." And they're like, well, you know, we don't really do that. And I was like, I know, but you're not. <laughs> that's the whole deal is I'm booking it. I'm in creative control. I got creative veto. This is, You call me. I don't need to do this. You call me. So you either figure it out on your end or I, we don't do this. And they figured it out. So I booked, I just booked all the homies. I booked Nick, <laughs> Nick Sherman um, to come and play guitar. I booked Richard Van Camp to be my featured guest to do the interview um fawn and dallas uh uh came and their thing was like they were our our, our uh my my son vincent short is in the chat just uh blow, blowing me up that either says father or farter 
Either way, he can't spell. But uh, much, much, yeah. Either way, it's right. Much respect to to our little brother Vincent. I I just uh, I, I just love his energy and love what he does uh, so much, and it's really nice to see. Um, really nice to see his smiling face. Um, but uh, it, and and so Fawn and Dallas, they were our musical guests, so they brought some hand drum songs, which was dope. But then we had them do um, we had them do some improvised round dance. So we made them listen to all the comedy through the night, and they had to they had to make a round dance song during the show. So then we brought them out um, at the end of the show, and they they did this improvised um, uh, round dance song, which was really funny and and really cool. And the best compliment we got when we taped that that episode of Red Man Laughing as a national comedy special was like. Where did you find these guests? And my answer to them was like, we've got hundreds. We've got hundreds of people you've never heard of, bro. Hundreds. So what do you want me to tell you? You know, like, what do you like? I'm and respectfully, it does not need to be every time. It does not need to be Buffy St. Marie. It does not have to be Adam beach. It can be so many of our people. And, and I was very, I was very um, clear with them about this was like, I, my, I wanted to prove a point. Like I could have called Buffy and, and booked her. We could have got her, but what about Nick Sherman, right? The guy no one really heard of out in Thunder Bay. Um, and, and we could have, we could have got, went and got like other musicians, but it was like, no man, Fawn and Dallas are stars. They should do it. You know? So, so I, I, that for me is just the way I've been doing that show since, you know, since it started. It was like, I'm in control of this. And if, if, if whoever's trying to, trying to rock with me, if they're not down with it, then we don't have to do it. And, and staying independent and just producing when I can, how I can. Um, at the end of 20 or at the end of 2019, I did a, a, um, a 10 part series looking back at the past decade of indigenous arts and culture and featured a bunch of music, uh, a bunch of films, uh, all, all kinds of stuff. I just, I just like, I like doing what I want. And, and I, I got a bit of a bad attitude. Like I don't have a boss. I can't work for bosses um, because I'm an artist. I'm a comedian. I, 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 so, so what I love about self-publishing is I can do it when I can, I can do it when I want and how I want. And what's amazing, and you're going to find this, I can almost guarantee it because this always happens, is when you do something and you stay, tr- you stay true to your vision of it, it's going to be, people are going to be attracted to it. You're going to find an audience. And when, when uh, an elder back home, when they presented me my, they started my bundle with me and they gave me, they gave me a powagan, they gave me a pipe. They said, you got to watch it because when you carry these items, it has energy. It'll attract energy, right? It's like it, 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 it shines this energy. And it's the same thing with our stories, man. It's the same thing with our, with, with our spirit, right? When you're going to be live streaming and you're, you're, you're sitting here entertaining, talking with people, you're giving people a piece of your spirit. And that's going to attract people. And so what I, what I love about you being kind of self-starters and kind of doing this for yourself is you're already attracting good energy. You're already bringing people into your, into your energy, right. To share. I just keep doing that, man. And you're going to be, you're going to be good. Cause that's all, that's all red man laughing has ever been. Um, Stories from the land is a little bit of a different story, 
Um, that was uh, in 2016. I got a reconciliation grant from Canada Council for the Arts, and I just created a live storytelling show. It's just a live story. Stories from Land is a is a live show. Um, and it's a, it's a live storytelling show. So we, when we tour, we invite people from the communities to come out and share a story. And we call them love letters to the places we are from. And so people can come out, sit, and, and just listen to these stories. We record them. We put them out on podcasts. Um, we started doing documentary through Stories from the Land. And actually, on March 12th, uh, Stories from the Land has been adapted into a CBC Gem series, and it, it'll be available on CBC and on CBC Gem starting March 12th. We filmed it all this past summer uh, under COVID, which was wild. But see, I, I just started this idea. I just wanted to li listen to more more stories. Um, and, you know, that, that um, Stories from the Land project brought me again, like all the way to the Supreme Court, to helping communities kind of tell their stories, use their place names and their language, put them on a map, bring youth and elders and community members together. Like like the Stories from the Land Project is is something that I'll do for the rest of my life because it's a movement. It's, it's actually a movement of people thinking about their territory, the lands, the waters, the earth, the sky, the air, all the birds, the the, the four-leggeds, right? All the medicines, the plants, the trees. Thinking about those as our relations; those are our relatives, man. Those aren't those aren't things that are outside of our lives. Those are things that are in our lives, and and talking about how much we love it, reminding each other who we are. You know, it's not uh, respectfully. It's not the chief and council that's going to save us, man. It's not. Uh, it's not Justin Trudeau, bro. It's not. It's not even like. Uh, uh it's 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 just it's not it's 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 going to be reminding each other of who we are through stories through song through dance and and i just i we go further faster with storytelling we just do and um what's what's dope about story is um everybody has one you know we, we, everybody has one. It's like, um, I heard, I heard, um, a friend of mine the other day, she's a filmmaker, documentary filmmaker. Her name's Jules Kostachin. She said, when you think of it this way, our lives are all a documentary. And I was like, Whoa, she's like, that means you don't have to be like, like a, like an anointed elder. You don't have to be a, a sweat lodge keeper. You don't have to be a, uh, an MC, you don't have to be something in order to share a story with someone. You can be anyone. We're all a documentary. We all have a story to tell and we have to start putting value back in each other that way. Right. Um, that's why I was kind of joking around about like celebrity culture and shit. Right. We don't need to, we don't need to rock like that. We, why, why are we reproducing systems that aren't ours that don't make sense to us anyway? You know? Um, so taking good care of each other through storytelling has always been, my goal with these podcasts it's always what i've wanted to do and it's something i hope to do for the rest of my life yeah i know for sure and like back on top of what you're saying by like the, the it ain't the elder it ain't the chief and council that's going to save us like one thing i strongly believe in is like it starts at home man you have to strengthen those those bonds at home the children need that foundation 
for that identity and that's all at home because children are the are people are the most impressionable when they're in those early stages of life mm-hmm. so you can you have to show them what's right from wrong you have to show them what's normal and what isn't because they grow up thinking that something's normal when it totally isn't and that's why so many people of our are so many people of ours are struggling and like even going back like this is kind of off on a tangent but like bro when when i'm worrying about like you know, like them old white racists, bro. Like I'm like, I'm like, man, honestly, fuck those guys. They're gonna be dead in about ten years. We don't have to worry about them. What we have to focus on is the education for those kids because that's gonna be the next generations. Those guys have 60, 70, 80 years ahead of them. And we have to focus on teaching those kids anti-racism and right from wrong. That that's how we get true reconciliation from. Well, and, and like, look, I, I think like if I know anything about our society system, our clan system is like at our gatherings, there's like, there's circles, right? We think about these circles. So there'd be like the inner circle, like where the, where the ceremony's happening, right? And that's where the pipes are, the bundles of medicine. And then this outer circle, it's where like the participants, the viewers, the people that are there to witness, they're out there. And then there's another circle and there's these circles of safety kind of built into our community. And I think, I think we can, we could almost assign ourselves according to how we are living and who we are and what our clans are, you know, to be, to take care of the racist people to like, Hey, this is my job now, now, but we still need to be tending, you know, to the home fires and like taking care of that. Cause I, I like even today, right. The Kansas city chiefs, like we got hundreds of native people that have spent the entire day online trying to, trying to take down the Kansas city chiefs. And it's an honorable fight. The, the mascot fight is connected directly to terra nullius and 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 you know the 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 colonial foundings of of north america like you can you can connect literally the kansas city chiefs to christopher columbus right with like three or four different stops right that columbus was sent over here under the guise of terra nullius right empty land that if he were to come here and to find empty land that he on behalf of the queen could come so if land was empty he didn't see us as humans, right? We're erased. So Columbus, in his mind, already erased us. Now you connect that to the, all of the settler myths that that settlers have co- told themselves since the advent of these countries, and we're still erased because now we're on reserves, right? And and as long as we're out of sight, out of mind, we are erased. We don't have to deal with those people. We put them on reserves. Same as Columbus, out of sight, out of mind. We don't see people here. These aren't people. Right. And then you connect that the reserve system all the way to like Walt Disney and shit. We've never had a say over the way we look, the way we are portrayed in media. Right. We're erased again. Goes right to like how 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 Disney spirals out of control into like Chief Wahoo and the big noses and like all of that shit. So like that's Columbus today. Like that's Columbus enacted through different means today right like so it's important but if we're all online all the time fighting on these hashtags and shit like that and we forget to live with love we forget to live with each other through compassion and our own ways of knowing and being then like you can just spend you can just spend your entire life mad and pissed off and angry. And I found myself in that place, man, like 2014, 15 after I don't know more. I was, I was just like, like you wake up every day with something new to be mad about. Right. Um, you can wake up every day and find a reason to be, to be angry. 
But that's that I, I like I liked your words because you know we also have to remember to take care of the little ones, right? We have to do we have to do what's right in our communities because it is hard out there. Like it is hard. But mm -hmm. we have to find a way to return to love, man. Yeah. yeah. And like on, on top of that, man, like the fucking the reserve landmass in Canada is like something like 0.02 percent. So that's just zero point two. Zero point zero two, I believe. I think it's smaller than zero point two. Like of all landmass in Canada, hmm. like reserves are like a fraction, bro. Like a, there's so minuscule, so so minuscule. Mm -hmm. That was Art Manuel's work that put that number together. Art Manuel's like, he's an OG. He's no longer a, a, on this earth walk, but Art Manuel's a, a brilliant thinker and, again, philosopher and sort of someone that, that I think, like, really saw the writing on the wall early, like, like early, early in the 90s when, um, yeah, when Canada started to try to change its indigenous policy, Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples lays out like this, this, this brilliant blueprint on how to change this country, and then it gets thrown in the garbage. And that's when Art Manuel and and his his people out west, out in BC, really they they just lead so many different different resistances, you know. And uh, anyway, that's where I first heard that number was from Art Manuel. Art Manuel. Okay. Now, what what was that uh, document called? Is it still uh, able to find? Are you still able to find it on the internet? Yeah, the Royal Commission on A RCAP, Royal Commission on Aboriginal People. Um, it was you know it was liter literally called the Royal Commission. Like, you know, so that's why. And I, if there's any treaty Indians in this in this uh, audience, you'll know why the Royal Commission is so important because that's that goes back to our relationship with the Queen, right? So yeah. <clears throat> Canada has done these things where they've tipped their hat to that relationship with the queen. But when it comes time to talk treaty, they're like, Oh, the queen is not, you yeah, know, no, she's not around. <laughs> she's not, now she, no now she busy. Yeah. Man. We, just call, we just call her and let her know how the meeting went. She sends snacks and lunch. And Hey, that's hilarious. Bro, I want to ask you something that I kind of picked out from what you said first. Like, you were like kind of, you're real unapologetic and it's like creative vision over everything. Like, you'll just ax deals or be like, no, like I'm doing it this way. You know what I mean? Like, did that like generate, like happen over time? Like, did you have like a phase where you're kind of like doing other like stuff that maybe you necessarily didn't agree with creatively, but you just did it because, you know, you did it? Or like, was it always just like, yo, like I'm going to do what I want. I know it'll sell. I know what I know what it takes. I can do it. Um, I I don't know. Uh, I, you know, for me, for me, I've definitely made decisions in my career where I was like, "This is the more. This is the harder decision. This is the harder way. Um, this is the unpopular choice." Um, I've never been a cool kid. Like I'm not a part of the scene. Like there's a definitely like a cool native scene that I've just never, you know, been a part of. Um, Cause I got to write jokes about those assholes. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not, not going to go hang out with you people. I got, I got to talk about you on stage. Um, so, you know, I've never felt, I've never felt a part of any of that. And as far as that goes, like I, it's never been my goal and it's not what I want to do. So I, I've just always kind of went my own way with it. And, 
And look, man, I'm also very privileged, right? Like the first joke I ever told on TV, um, the very first joke in 2010, the first time I did comedy on TV was, uh, my name's Ryan. It's nice to be here. Um, CBC only gave me the comedy special because they thought I was white. <laughs> right. And yeah. that's, and that's, and, and that's the truth, man. So my privilege has allowed me to have a bad attitude. My privilege has allowed me to, to be, you know, to be edgy with, with producers and people like, um, and I genuinely have a kind of a bad attitude towards a lot of things. Like I'm, I don't give a fuck about who likes me or not. Like I genuinely, I've had so many chiefs be like, you know, we'd like to do this with you, but you swear. I'm like, well, I mean, I know how to act in front of elders. Um, but uh, yeah, I swear like, yeah, fuck fucking right. So, you know, different things, man, different things that have happened where I just made that choice. Like I just got to, I got to rock the way I do. And um, that's, it doesn't help me in business. It doesn't help me. Um, it doesn't help me get ahead, but it just holds a space that I'm, that I need to be in and that I I'm comfortable in. And, and I just think that we should be willing, we shouldn't be willing to trade on certain things, right? Like um, there's just certain things that I'll never trade on. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been making TV and comedy and spe comedy specials and stuff for the last 10 years in Canada and, and, and the United States. And the, the thing that I've always said, and, I hope I hope you can go back on my career on my on my entire body of work and and see that I've I've never tried to exploit our people for our weaknesses. Like I don't I don't talk about like drunk uh natives. I don't talk about like those that are struggling. I've never made a uh, uh, a negatively connotated joke about single mothers right i'm not going after you because of your situation i'm not i'm not going i'm not going after people like i'm not going after our people like that like i'm not going to do i'm not giving other people more arsenal to laugh at us for right like th there's some brutal brutal shit out there that our people have survived that are people our surviving and you think i need to like take something else from that homeless brother like I need to take something else from that guy because he's an alcoholic and he's hurting. Like he's already fucking hurting, man. I my words don't need to go after him for a cheap laugh. Now, are are jokes about drinking and falling asleep, uh, you know, on a couch or like whatever you do, getting high with your cat? Like, are those funny? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> and there's room there's room for me to reflect on my use of alcohol when I was younger. There's room for me to talk about that. I can talk about those things, but not exploit them if you follow what I'm saying. Not not yeah. give power. Dave Chappelle talks about this about the Chappelle show and he says like, you know, he had to make he had to he had to make decisions about his comedy, right? Like am I am I taking something from the black community or am I giving something back to them to laugh at? And so you have to decide on who's this joke for? Who's this for? Um, is, is this so uh, white people can laugh at us or laugh with us? Because those are very different things. And if you're laughing with me, that meant I, my job as a writer and as a comic brought you on some sort of educational journey. I held your hand through the scary, scary world of being indigenous. And, I, and then I made you laugh because you understood something, right? So, so for me, like, the goal is to not hurt, hurt us, you know? It's, it's, to, it's, to, it's to help us.
Yeah. Sometimes, I, I, sometimes, hey, sometimes you, this is what laughter is, I think, about half the time, is you recognizing your own hypocrisy in the situation. You're going, oh, 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 oh shit, I've said that. I've done that as actually me. How, the, how did he know? Like, did he read my diary? How did he know I thought that? Um, so you you laugh, right? So yeah. laughter can hurt. It can sting. And, and I said earlier, we need to bring back that kind of laughter that makes you question your spirit. That's so honest. It just, it, it, it gets into you where you're like, ah, I need a, I need to fix my life, man. This guy was too accurate, you know? Yeah, I no. That, and I think that's important. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, like you've been a comedian for like over 10 years with like all of uh, everything you've been doing. Like, and is there a certain number of jokes that you used to say like 10 years ago that you can't say now or that you kind of steer away from due to like this whole cancel culture bullshit? I'm saying bullshit because I think it's stupid. Like, for example, like you look at like something like super bad, they wouldn't be able to make that movie right now. You look at something like, 40 year old virgin they would be able to make that right now and like that's the thing is like i i don't think that some people can find a silver lining in like what is funny and what isn't because like there's a lot of things that are raunchy that are funny that you would never do and that you don't believe in but like just the fact that you're seeing it on tv like it's hilarious right and like yeah. a lot of people cannot find that silver lining they're so quick to jump on you for any kind of little like little mistake you make yeah. and then they try ruin your career over it yeah well i mean um to answer your question no um there's nothing i won't say or <laughs> or like talk about like i'm i like the one of the best pieces of advice i ever got um from a director of mine was like you you know uh, fuck the fear you go to where the fear is because that's where the laughs are so it was this idea that like if you were afraid to say it it was probably important it was probably important that you said it um and and you know that's uh, you know to me like probably the best advice i ever got which was like just if it feels important to say say it and if it feels scary even more so right um so i don't i don't there's nothing i won't talk about on, on stage i think i think we should be free to, to talk about what we want to do or what we what we want but but there's a consequence to it right because because uh free speech obviously i'm an absolutist on free speech but but speech ain't free so you know uh, should people be allowed to say whatever they want yeah they should should they get punched in the face if you're a Nazi and you're saying some shit? Yeah, you should. Like, yeah, you should always punch Nazis. Like, period. Right. So, so yeah, free speech, but speech ain't free. And 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 words have meaning, man. And words carry a big weight. And there's been time. I'm not perfect. I'm not not an um. Fallible, like I've loser uh, for a little while, and I was on tour. And um, after a show, I had a group of of young um, two spirit and trans people come up and tell me that I I fucking blew it, and it was because it was because the punchline was basically about me dressing in a woman's bathing suit, looking like a trans person, and um, and they're just like, you can't say that it's so hurtful and here's x y and z y and i was like holy shit man like 
I didn't have that perspective before and now I do. And then I just made a choice. I'm never telling that joke again. So you just, I think our responsibility as humans, our, our responsibility as relatives is to continue to get better and evolve. So it's not that, it's not that people shouldn't be able to say whatever they want and not get canceled. That's fine. Right. But, I don't know, man, like, like there's consequences to your shit. So, so I find like cancel culture, cancel culture misses the mark when we're going after culture, when we're, when we're talking about culture, things we like. So do, does it suck that Dave Chappelle pretends he doesn't understand trans people? Yeah, it sucks because he's my favorite comic of all time. He's the best comedy writer, sharpest stand-up comic of all time, full stop. But like, I can't, it's it's hard to support everything he does because he goes on about trans people pretending he doesn't understand it. So that's shitty. Now, should he get canceled? I don't know. A lot of people want him canceled because he's deliberately choosing through a stand-up comedy to hurt people, right? Um so that's an important distinction. Um, Louis C.K., right? Jerking off at work in front of female comics, right? Using his power as someone who had more stature and, and stake in the game to mess with an opener, a female who, who said no to his advances, but he still did it. So that's an abuse of power. Should he be canceled? Well, he was, right? That's kind of a fucked up situation. So there's a, there's a yeah. spectrum on, on cancel culture. Yeah. Right. If you disagree with me and I say some shit that doesn't fly with you politically or 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 religiously or whatever else, you can't that's we're not canceling each other for that. But when we're talking about sexual assault, sexual violence, when we're talking about other situations like that's a non-starter. That's a full cancel, full stop period on God, no cap. Yeah. yeah. Hey, let me let me ask something here, Ryan, because we got into this a little bit earlier when we were having just like our little group discussion and you were talking about like the, like, I was like, me and River never find, like, we sometimes we have a hard time getting the answers, but we like to give out like, you know, uh, maybe how to get, get there differently, you know? And we were talking about something like what happens when we like banish drug dealers, you know, like, mm -hmm. are we really helping our nation or are we like, like you said, you know, like we're, we're hurting someone else's nation. Right. So how, like as the, you know, in those, in those fine moments where it's, it's kind of worthy of cancel culture, but we need to like, what do we do for somebody that we cancel? Like there should be, isn't there an opportunity for redemption or for something like that? And do we need to figure out how to offer that? Well, I, yeah, yeah. Yes and yes, I think like for sure. Um, and uh, what I would say is like just point to the language. Like what what is a word in your language that means cancel? Is there such a thing to cancel? Like look, let's look at these these ideologies and these philosophies that we're kind of living with and throwing around and investigate them through our own lens and come up the uh, up with the answer that way. What does it mean to be you know nehio and and to redeem yourself? What does that look like through 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 the vision of our elders and, and our knowledge, right? What does it mean to to make a mistake in an, a, a Nishinabe community and need to pay penance to people and make things right, right? What what does that mean? And I think that's what we're actually talking about. It's 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 like how do we make these decisions through our own ways? Because uh, we have our ways. We know we know how to do this. Um, 
So, so I think the answer is, yeah, we have to figure out a way for some to be able to redeem themselves, but some you don't want around, like some you don't need around, right? The, the drug dealer one is, is, is particularly dangerous and tough to answer because like, we're talking about lives, man. We're talking about people losing their lives over, over fentanyl and shit like that. So like, yeah. We can't. That's murder, man. That's like that's uh, to me in my mind. Like I'm like, yo, you you sold the shit that are, is killing people over here. Um, should that person be redeemed? No, I don't know. I don't know. Um, these are really difficult questions, but I do know that when you ban someone from your first nation, they just go to the next first nation. Like it's it's so it's tough. So it's not an answer. That's not an answer. Um, Another conversation I've been trying to have for a number of years in Indian country is what harm reduction models look like for us. You know, how do we practice harm reduction in our communities, make space for those that are on drugs and alcohol to not kick them out of the powwow, right? What's the first thing we do when we see someone drunk at the powwow? We, sh we, we, we boot them. And of course, we don't want, we don't want violence and things like that around our, our kids and our babies, but we, we boot them, right? Well, you know what saved my life? Sitting around a drum. So, so are we doing it wrong? Can it can we find a space and a way to not go, hey, you're gonna go pass out in a ditch two hours from now because you're not welcome here at the Powell? Or can we find a way? Can we find a way to to have that person stay? Maybe he doesn't need to be around the drum pit or like he doesn't need to be uh judging contest or anything like that. <laughs> um, but you know, is there, is there a way to, to care for each other again, that, that makes sense. These are, these are just questions I don't really have answers to all the way, but it's interesting to think about harm reduction, um, you know, harm reduction from our own lens. Yeah. No yeah. cap. But, but then you think about it and like, if there was no power going on, what do you think that individual would be doing on that specific day and where would they go? Right. Mm -hmm. And of course, like this is all tied to like resources too, right? Like shit, man, we don't have enough rehab beds. We don't have enough uh, detoxes. We just like our towns, cities, our, our communities are not set up. Um, they're always at capacity. You, you hear this from, from users all the time, right? Like these places are at capacity all the time. So um, it's tough, man. We just got to find a way like right now, child welfare, right? Like that's the big conversation in any Indian country where, and, and everyone's trying to find ways now to keep babies with their families, of course. Um, uh, but if not with the direct family, like in the community, right? So, yeah. so can we keep them in the community, keep them here, not out, keep them here. And, and these will become the questions that we need to ask ourselves, right? Like, especially those of us that, that, that have a little bit more of a, of a foundation, a, a stable home, uh, perhaps a, a job, or at least the, the resources to, to sustain a family, right. Even from off the land or from gardening or, or farming. Um, but it's going to call on us to each step up and consider how we can help. Right. Cause every single person in the community could possibly provide a solution or an answer to, to some of these problems. But we just have to see ourselves that way, man. And it just goes back to what I was saying earlier. We got to live through love. And, and I know there's a, a few people um, 
a few people that have this tattoo, Ariel, uh, Deranger, and and a few others. Love is the movement, and I just I just believe that. I've just heard this over and over and over. I think that's what the tattoo says. I want to say that's what it is. Love is the movement, or love is the revolution, or so. Revolution is love, or so, something like th to that effect. If anyone's here, um, drop drop that uh that that saying in the in the chat if you know what it is because because that's what i believe is love really like we got what did they what did they take from us right our children like they that love you know so so getting back to that that's the that's the oh crystal got it yeah love yes love is the movement and, and uh, that's that's what i believe is getting back there right um so we got work to do it's i think it's going to be okay the thing i know is we have good hearts right hey. Yeah, yeah no doubt man that's that's something that i think me and river have always tried to come back to when we're just guiding through these these things is like always go with our our heart man because it'll take us to to good places and it'll also uh let us do good work man i've always mm -hmm. thought thought that that's something that's really important I'm, I'm glad you brought that up too bro i gotta ask because it's like what's it like when you're like working in like like white spaces like the see like for instance bro i saw you on like the election night coverage you know like in 2019 <laughs> or just like are Dude. you like yeah bro and you're like working in those white spaces like is it is it oh. like you got to be brash like a little over the top or like how do you like navigate that bro like Dude. it must be hard let me tell you i i was in my boat i, I was just fishing like that 2019 summer of 2019 I was in my boat every like I was just out fishing. I, I would just go by myself. Just I, I was r doing a lot of writing and um, and that was like my escape. So I'm in a boat. I'm in my boat. I'm catching dinner. I'm fucking nailing the walleyes right. Like I'm just fucking bang fish on. Them. <laughs> and I, like I got I got too many fish right. Like I'm like I, I'm an Indian. I can get as many as I can use dynamite and get as many as I want. But my boat is like I got. It's like it's like G Jesus. Hey, Zeus himself came. He was like, bam, you need fish. Bam, you need more fish. So many fish. So I'm sitting there and CBC calls and they're like, this is a producer from CBC News. And we would like for you to come on live TV during election night for eight hours on a panel. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Fucking right. Okay. Talk to you later. I thought I saw it as being punked. So I hung up. She called back. I hung up. She called back. I hung up. It's like, I don't know who this is. Stop calling me. And she's like, I'm a I'm just gonna send you an email. I'm sorry. Sends me an email and it's legit. It's like CBC, man. And they're like, We we want you to be on election night um on national TV. And I didn't say yes right away. I, I like when I get asked to do stuff like that, I talk to my people back home um call my circle in and you know try to get people around me that um that can advise me i say no to most everything man i i actually say no to i give i give lots of things like when people ask me to do something and i don't think i'm the right person i just give it to someone else i say i know what other people are doing so i just say oh you should call this person or you should go check over here here's the list of two or three people their emails so i say no to most things um nowadays and and so when that one it was like i was like i don't know this i want to go yell around on cbc I, I think i'd be okay so i went home and i talked to everyone and they're like yeah you know you should do it and so i i i actually had some friends a 
two political science friends, a couple of former chiefs, a couple of lawyers, um, about eight people or so helped me prepare. Um, and once they agreed to help, then I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. So put in some work, man, behind the scenes that nobody sees or saw or knows about that just helped me be prepared. Cause I knew like, look, if they're going to invite an indigenous person onto election night nationally, they're going to ask me about pipelines, blockades. Like they're just going to go for that the headlines. Right. And like, by the way, I'm sitting next to the mayor of Calgary, Nad Naid Nenshi. And like he's he's the homie off camera, but when he gets on camera, he's just like, yes, yeah, here's my pipeline. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my pipeline's gonna spew oil. It's just like, bro, you were literally talking about indigenous rights five minutes ago. And now you're just like pipeline guy, like the fuck? I'm just like if you watch me a couple times he's like he's going like and look you're the mayor of calgary i'm not stupid i know your job has to be right so he talking and they go wide to a two shot which is him and me and i'm just like I'm just staring at him going like fucking really hey eh, bro like like roll that shit that he was talking before the cameras came on man and it was anyway it's super fun um I don't know if I would do it again. Like it was, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. Um, they, you know, they build four different sets in this giant studio. So we had a set and, and like with they, you, you were wearing earpieces. So they come in and like, you're going live in 90 seconds, go to script C, go to, um, section B. So, you flip to C and B, and then you remember your talking points that you've prepared for that section because they're they're directing and calling the show live depending on what other panels are talking about. And so they're trying to find it's like a jigsaw, right? They're trying to find pieces that'll fit. And so so then you'd flip over and you go, Oh shit, I got something good for this. And then the lights would come down like a transformer. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, you know how like who wants to be a millionaire? The lights change and everything is all wild and the chairs spin. That's kind of it. Like you're like, whoa. And they're like, oh, oh, hold on set three. Uh, we're going to set four. So then that just happens all night. We're like, you think you're about to go live and then they cancel you. And then they go over to someone else because it's breaking news all the time. And, um, you know, it's not where I belong. Like, should someone else have been there? A hundred percent. So uh, did, did they know that you were indigenous, I guess, when the lady asked you? Like, she knew? Yeah. Yeah. She was like, okay. we're putting together. Their idea was to put together. A, a panel like a, a table that they would flip to that was sort of more like people that represented not necessarily grassroots but like communities mm -hmm. so so you know naid nenshi was like the calgary guy um the editor of sun news was the other person and then there was a lawyer um th this this lawyer who was on uh on with us uh marie hanin and so you know four of us that kind of hold positions inside of our own communities that can sort of speak to, to certain issues and kind of bring up like a, bring a specific voice to issues. So they had, they had an Olympian that they were trying to talk into like the, the panel was a bit bigger, but we lost two people right at the last moment, one Olympian. And I think one former, uh, one former like, um, 
sports broadcaster person that turned like entrepreneur, big, some big entrepreneur in Canada. Um, but neither of them uh, ended up doing it. So I think they were just trying to put together a panel of folks that they thought would be interesting if they sat together all night. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, no, me, me, me and Ray were thinking of getting some politicians on you, man, but you yeah. know how that go. It'd be all smoke and mirrors and like, Dude, it would be a good go. It'd be like yeah, when so. when when Sean Atlio did Red Man Laughing. So Sean Atlio was the national chief for a while, and when he did so, so my whole thing was like, like, and this was twenty whatever, twenty eleven when he did my show. Uh, but like national chiefs, people weren't doing like no one was doing podcasts. But I was like, I'm gonna ask all these fools, and and. And when people started doing it and, and during Idle No More, like I already had a big podcast. I had, I had like 15, 20,000 people listening to every episode. But when Idle No More happened, I was just like, oh, we're just going to use the platform and just just give it to the people. So that's, you know, we started talking with Sean Atlio and like all of these politician types. And it's it's I think it's an interesting choice they have to make to do it. Right. Because they should want to they should want to connect with you they should want to talk with you you guys are young people that have a, a youth voice and a youth sensibility to you like it'd be a good look for for a leader to do that and they shouldn't be afraid of it right like we're just um we should be able to talk like this but we were talking in the pre-show in the pre-interview this afternoon like we're not there yet right like we're we're still we still get too hurt we still get too touched by stuff where we can't we can't really be open and honest about certain things. And if you were to talk to respectfully, if you were to talk to Perry Belgard, you'd have to be like, come on, Perry, like fucking really? Like we're not doing this. Right. bro." Like, and he'd be like, no, you know, the government of Canada. And he's like, fucking Perry, man, Perry, Perry, the fuck man. Like, you know, your ancestors are watching you, right? Perry, you know, they watching you. Cause like, or else what you want me to fucking talk about the assembly of first nations, uh, water conference that's coming up there, Perry. Oh uh, yeah. Well, the, the water conference is uh, two weeks away and, uh, you can, uh, register on zoom to be a part of the AFN's uh, water conference. Like if you get people on here, that that's the thing, right? It's like, let's have real talk. What is exactly. it? So treaties broken. What are we doing? Oh, nothing. Huh. <laughs> Why? <laughs> right? Like, so, you know, this is just, this is, this is the, this is the equalizer, right? Like you guys have built a platform and I mean, you got to know your shit, be ready, do your research, get solid on your, on your points that you want to focus on. But like, you know, it's it's um people should be excited to talk to you guys. You guys are starting something good. Yeah. Now speaking of that, um we're already planning ahead too, ain't that right, Ray? With something uh bigger than this actually. Like um Is this an ad? Yeah. Are you guys doing an ad for a dehumidifier <laughs> right now? <laughs> Bro, you're never so, gonna let us live that down. So you're we're not going to do any of this without a clean home, right? No, I'm just kidding. No, but like me and Ray, bro, it's like we 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 have a vision, and 
I'm not gonna share too much right now just because we're still in the works but like we want to do something bigger than this like media wise and we yeah. started something called seven stars media where the name came from um my wi-fi was shit so it always cuts out so i didn't hear about that part but uh <laughs> ray could probably tell you about where, where the name came from a little more but it's something about the stars aligned and like we want to we want to essentially be bigger than aptn that's the goal that's literally the goal of what we want to do. That's what I want to do is because, and like I said before, you, you look at something like APTN, that's indigenous news for indigenous people. You look at something like CTV and CBC, that's everybody's news that's being, the strings are being pulled by by white people, by the settlers, and you're, and you're looking at everything from their lens. And they don't always necessarily get the story right. And like, but that's not their fault. And you look at something like BET, that's like black news for black people. But like, what we need more of is like a worldwide news coverage that is done by ethnic people for everybody. Mm -hmm. And we don't see that enough. We don't, I, I don't even think we see that at all. Like, sure, we have Vice. Vice is something pretty good, but like we want to be like the first in indigenous. And so like we're already talking documentaries that we want to make. We're already talking about podcasts. We're talking about episodes. Like we're just in the very, very like the very beginning stages. But like this has the opportunity to be something much bigger. And you're completely right with what you're saying earlier. So like you don't want a boss because we don't either. We don't we when when we very first started this podcast we wrote down a list of shit and every now and then I always go back and look at that and it, right and, and it reminds me just to be myself never to play something else never to never to sell out essentially that's honestly why I made it in the first place is because like I don't ever want to fucking sell out from being River Thomas I have to remember who I am so I wrote a bunch of stuff down and now every now and then I go back to it that and that's what's helping us i guess that's what's helping me personally do what i want to do and helping me stay on course yeah and if i could just add something ryan like i know what your work doing like with the indians and cowboys as well too like your your podcast network that that you know you're building podcasts and stuff like that i think that's exactly kind of where we want to go um with but also too like i said to like river says too you know to not put us in a box um if i can like man because this is all just like about us like sharing knowledge and like one thing that you said too is like you were like yo like i got through these doors because somebody in front of me like pushed me pushed to get through those doors you know like they they did all the work so i could walk in and you were like yo like once i get through the door like every like fucking person behind me is coming through with me like no no questions asked you know like so that was something that i was like yo that's really dope i just like i want to know like what your take is to like like one what we're talking about but just like the state of like media right now and the state of indigenous media like like you said we're not at that place to be able to like say what we really truly need to say but like we're we're gaining on that and like I just, I just want to know from somebody that's like been in the trenches for like years on, on working through like indigenous media, like what is it that you see? Like, and, and where, where, where is it going to go? Like, because we want to, we want to follow something too, you know, like we have the dreams and the almost like the childish dreams, you know, to be like, think bigger or do something wilder. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on what you mean media, right? Like if we're talking about journalism and news, then like that's, that's, 
that's the most expensive game in town to do journalism and news properly is really expensive. So, um, and by the way, I think AP, that's what APTN does best. Like, I think, I think their news, if I were running APTN, I would, I would just put more into news and documentary and what they're, what they do. Cause when they do that, it's outstanding. Um, I'm not going to say anything bad about their original programming and the shit they make. It's none of my business. Uh, I don't do business with APTN. Um, I support APTN news and, and what they're doing, but, um, but, but the vision of being a bigger than APTN, I think is also, I think it miss, misses the mark for you guys. Cause APTN has nothing to do with it. Like APTN is a broadcaster on television, right? Unless you guys want to be a broadcaster on television, stop thinking about APTN altogether. Like yeah. you're online in the same way as APTN is. So yeah. already you're doing similar things, right? Um, and again, respectfully, APTN news and what that in that container, world class. I'm not. I'm not talking about that. That piece yeah. that off and 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 move that aside. That's that's all. Do that's all respect and love there. Um, but as far as like developing your own projects and doing, you know, do, doing all of all of that work uh, yourself, like that's just going to be a process, right? Don't worry about the product. Write this down and never forget this process over product. You have to put together a good process for yourself that gets you that that gets you uh, to where you want to be. Don't think about the shiny release date and the red carpet. Think about the process, the thing you do every day to get you to the red carpet. Right. And so as long as you're focused on the process and being really intentional, take those treaty words that we use so often in our treaty spaces, spirit and intent, and always move with good spirit very intentionally, right? So every decision you make, the the, the investments you, the little investments you make in your companies, um, and and how you sort of redistribute opportunity to your circle, um, that'll determine how you grow, right? <laughs> because the thing is, is let's just hypothetically say like. You guys have clearly got some talent. You've got yourself a logo. You've got yourself a look. You've got a good social media presence. So you've done something right. Um, so you're going to have opportunity. But now it's it's about once you reach a certain point, you have to recognize you. So you got to that point, and you have to start including a few other people, right? Because now it's about the team that's behind you. I got. I have a team behind me. I got a team with me. I got a I got a team of people that I rock with. That that you know we, for me, indigenous. Um, like uh, when we think about how we build communities and how we and and what are the components of good healthy communities like it's there's there's like there's so many elements to what makes a healthy community right and so many elements to what makes like a a healthy business right a healthy individual um, and you know, we always think about how can we innovate in our companies? How can we innovate in media? How can we be first? Well, well, indigenous innovation is bringing everyone with you always forever. That's what innovation is. You want to innovate in this space? Bring everyone with you always forever. Because that's that means we're, we're, we're carrying... We're looking back to look forward, right? In my language, we say biscabying, which is to look back in order to look forward. And you have to know what's back there in order to move with intention 
uh, towards the future, right? And so for me, it's really important. We were talking earlier, recognizing those that came before you, right? So for me in comedy, right, there's a list of people that kicked those doors open for me. And so now, and those people couldn't mentor me and help me because they were literally busy kicking open doors. Well, now the doors are open and I walk through. So my job now is to invite and mentor people to come through those doors with me. Right. I have op like comedy openers all across North America when I travel who I know they're in this area. I'll pay them. I'll get their hotels and bring them because like I want to mentor the next generation. That's that, that's because I come from a generation where it, where professionally we weren't really mentored. Like we no cap like there just wasn't room for that because the generation ahead of me were fighting too hard for their own paychecks. Right. So now we look around the space, whether it's like like the, the native literature space or film and TV space, to some extent, the comedy space, music space. There's so much opportunity. We have to be very intentional about those opportunities and remember to bring other people with us. Remember that it just can't be we, we just can't take everything for us. Yeah. yeah, that's the snake that eats itself, man. It gets greedy and literally eats its own tail. Right. So so don't take all the opportunity. And when you get to that certain space where you recognize opportunities, that's where your circle, that's where your community comes in. Right. You've got an editor, you've got a logo or a graphic designer, you've got a sound designer, you got people that you you kind of you have around you and everyone's giving each other a little bit of work right? We're reinvesting that money inside of our own circles, right? So that when, when I get a contract, I know you two are out there and I'm like, yo, they do this. They, they edit audio or they design sound for, for their projects. Like, like that's when I can hire you. So my little budget that I have, I can put towards you, right? And invest in you guys. And then you give me the awesome work you do. And I win, you win. But then the next time when we're doing it right, and there's, there's, there's a bunch of us in the circle doing this work, you get a contract and you're like, yo, we need this comedy script done and we're going to go to Ryan. So now your little bit of budget can go to me, right? So that we're, we're kind of sharing that work and we're kind of, there's no industry. We have to build the industry. Like we're building an industry where one has never existed before. That's what I've been doing for 10 years. I own all my own shit. I own it all. Right. The, the rights to my project, this Crave series, I'm executive producer on it. I'm hiring the directors. Right. I'm so so like so you, you, you we have to move that way. We have to want to. And this is on some like Puff Daddy shit from back <laughs> in the day. Like, like I, I'm going to not make Sean John clothing or anything bullshit like that. <laughs> like, you know, we have to be really careful because look, Spotify could call you tomorrow. And be like, look, we want to give you $500 a week to make this show. We want to bring Foxing around uh, as a Spotify exclusive. It's two shows a week, one public, one private for like VIP access for super subscribers or whatever. And then you guys go like, well, 500 a week to do this? Holy fuck. Yeah, let's do it. And pretty soon you sign away your rights to every single word, every single minute, every second of content you create, Spotify owns, not just worldwide. They say the rights contract that you will get on a deal says that they own your, your work in perpetuity 
in the universe. <laughs> not, not on planet Earth, bro. They tell you they own your shit to the universe. So we fuck up here. And you go to Mars and you're like, yo, we we get to we got the rights back to our podcast. We're living on Mars now. Spotify's like, nah, bitch, we got the rights to your podcast in the universe. The universe, man. So, like, you know, like, so you gotta be you gotta be really clear about like how you move and what what your goals are. Spirit and intent. Spirit and intent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, without a doubt, man. And what you're saying resonates so much with me and Ray because, like, back saying back to that list, man, that's what it's all about. Like, with every opportunity we got, we we give back. We have a close circle of friends that we are uh, we always inform, and these are just our homies. We 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 every idea we have, we run through it with them because what kind of like what our philosophy is, is like, there's six different individuals, right? And like each, and they all come from different backgrounds. They all have different um, outlooks in life. And those six individuals, they can, um, if you look at it, there's probably like 10 more individuals who are kind of similar to them. And you look at it, there's probably a hundred more who are similar to those 10. And then, so what, what we get is it's kind of like a general consensus from all of our close friends. And that's how we know if the shit we're going to do is going to rock or not. That's how we know to go forward with something when it comes to merch, when it comes to ideas, we always make sure we run it through people. And like, yeah, if, if with, with us, man, it's like, we eat, Everybody, everybody eat. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Ever since the beginning, that that's what it's all about. Like, we're 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 not in this just for the money and the fame. Although that may or may not come, we never know. The the sky's the limit. But like, but with saying that, man, I got this dehumidifier. No, I'm trying to help the homie out. I just keep mentioning it because we got to <laughs> sell some shits. Come on, 50% man. 50% goes back, man. That's <laughs> half our paycheck. <laughs> that's our money. That ain't the ad money. That's not your money. That's our money, bro. Yeah. I just play it. I just play it. Hey, no, man. It's it's good to it's good to it's, it's good to hear like you know good grounded perspectives from 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 people that are getting in this industry because you know like there's money to make out here like there's you know there's different ways to get contracts and depending on what you want to do right like. Um, but but it's 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 nice to know that at the end of the day you're you're trying to build something for yourself right you're trying to build something for you know for um for the people and like that's that's really important like for us making the cbc documentary series this summer um we built mentorships into every key creative position that we had on set and we paid for those and, and you can apply to the indigenous screen office for that mentorship fund to make sure that you have key creative mentorships happening. So like whether it's in the writer's room and you're, you're writing a script for a show, whether you're in pre-production and you're, you're training a, a producer and mentoring a, a young producer, whether you're in production and in the field shooting and you got a camera operator mentor or you know or mentee sorry like there's all different ways post-production editing sound design and everything else like you know that's that's like a real important part of this work is is training up that next generation you know exactly and 
And we do need more Indigenous people going into the media side of things. We, we need more Indigenous journalists. We need more Indigenous audio engineers. And there's, there, like, as sad as it is, there's a lack of that. I don't really know it. And that that's the thing. Like, that's the end goal is I want to, I want to bring my people along with me. That's literally how I live my my life. Is like everything I do is to give back to my people. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 really that simple. Like from going to school, from starting this podcast, from everything, it it, it has to benefit my people in some way. Otherwise, I won't do it. Mm-hmm. And so, like with that being said, is like we have to, we we need more Indigenous people. Stop being so afraid to occupy these spaces and like for you to be a trailblazer to be a podcast to to do all this stuff this just shows indigenous people that it's worthy another example of that and i actually used it in an assignment i was doing earlier today is there's uh like like a streamer uh my uh, good bro name um marmar he uh Last year, he said that like you could only find a handful of uh, indigenous streamers streaming video games on like Twitch or Facebook. This year, like it's like probably like almost in the hundreds. There's so many indigenous streamers now, and I'm uh, including me. Like I play video games and I stream it every now and then. But like just for that person, like him. To, to open that door they can walk so we can run just for somebody like you to do it we we definitely need more of that we need our people being trailblazers not being afraid to push themselves so then more people will follow and that's how it's always has been especially as for for us indigenous people because we're forever evolving yeah what about the old heads, though, Ryan, that are, like, gatekeeping those positions, bro? What do you got to say to them, bro? Because, you know, as many, as many, you know, good-hearted people that are out there like you, there's people that are, like, like been like, oh, shit. Like, I'm, I'm in the same space as where Ryan's at right now. It's like, I need to get the money. I need to get my bag. I need to close off this, this area. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, old man's club. Yeah, bro, like the old boys club that won't let like people like me and River like get the get the knowledge or get the experience or get the yeah. shit, whatever it is out there, bro. I mean, that's out there, but I mean that that's that's why I mean when you talk about like the the old boys club or like the gatekeepers, you build a new house, man. Like like <laughs> you know because and this is a thing like y'all and and I'm I'm not even trying to like be funny about y'all y'all grew up with the internet. Like y'all had iPads when you were babies and shit. Like, <laughs> like you know the internet better than any, uh, any of these old heads. So like you, you, you've you've already you're winning. Now this is really true that like well, sometimes gatekeepers block resources and shit like that. Um, and again, this goes back to like you can stand around and like like protest against the bad guy, right? And and this is what in on, on Dr. Joseph LeBlanc on Red Man Laughing, he said there's there's he he he's thinking about like um activists and like how being an activist takes a lot of energy, a lot of time, a lot of commitment. And obviously a, it's important to be an activist, right? <laughs> but he was uncomfortable with the word. So he said, I don't like the word. I think about activism versus actionism. Now, activism generally is in response to the bad guy over something, right? So you have a bunch of activists who are 
actively standing against something. So it could be Stephen Harper, it can be a pipeline, it could be any number of things. But that's an activist. Now, in 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 Dr. LeBlanc's purview, what he's saying is like he would rather be an actionist, which is to look at the thing, acknowledge the bad guy, then build a solution. So you're not stuck in that energy. You're not stuck in, in being responsive to the thing that's wrong, but that instead you're focused on like responding to the thing that's wrong by building something yourself. Why did I build an Indian cowboy? Not because I wanted to run a network. I'm not a business person. I'm an artist, but I built it because I wanted opportunities for myself and my friends. I, I, I built a, I built outside of the system. It's literally outside of the system. But I've developed things for TV and shit like that um, without needing to worry about gatekeepers. Dude, there are there are people there are natives in film and TV that hate me because I've been <laughs> successful. Right. Yeah. And I've mostly failed, by the way. Like now I get to tell you about a couple things that went on that like luckily I did. This is mostly about failure. Like our careers, your career in media, if you do this for real, you're gonna fail way more than you succeed. But what defines you is like how you respond to that failure. What do you do? You, you know, it doesn't define you. So do you stay stuck? Do you give up? Do you, do, you, do you look next to the other person and be like, damn, man, like, fuck, I wish I was them. Like, because that's what most people do, right? They look at someone else's bundle, someone else's gifts, and they're like, damn, I'm not as pretty as her. Or, uh, that dude's buff. He's got he got abs and braids, man. Look at me. I'm <laughs> chubby and look like the Pillsbury Doughboy got caught in some duct tape over here. Like you can, you can compare yourself, but like, think about it, man. Do you ever go to a ceremony and look at an elders bundle and be like, damn, that I want that pipe. Like, damn, I got to He's still lucky. He's got that. I wish I had that pipe. Like you'd never do that. So you don't, you don't compare that bundle to yours. Why do you compare someone else's bundle to yours? Why do you, why do you look at your skills or your projects or your abilities relative to someone else's man? You, you keep your eyes on your bundle, keep your, keep your hands busy um, and just get good with your tools and, and you'll find it, man. It's right there. Hey, that's blessed, man. I'm glad this is all like uh, being recorded. Cause I'm gonna go back like a hundred times, but there's so much info in here, man. And stuff that i'm i'm just like thankful to uh to have bro i oh, I, I, I want a quick take i want a quick take what's your take on trickster uh michelle latimer uh, and uh, <laughs> and the, the 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 state of of what's going on at cbc can you talk about it all right, all right like because you're in can you yeah uh, I, mean, I mean i mean i'm not gonna tell you so i've had private conversations with a lot of people yeah a lot of them are homies. Yeah. Um, what can I say? What I, what I can say for sure is don't contact Eden Robinson. Like I see this whole, this is wild y'all. Like, so people are like mad that the show's canceled and they're like, they think they know how legal contracts and ownership and intellectual property and everything else works in this, in this business. Um, and people are calling like, yo, you need to, here's Eden Robinson's email and like, here's her Facebook, like leave Eden Robinson alone, man. That's the first thing I want to say about Trickster. Leave Eden Robinson alone. She wrote those books. She had, she, she assigned a contract, a legal contract to have those books adapted to TV. And she was lied to full stop period. 
It is not Eden Robinson's fault that this happened. Um, and there's this big call out right now publicly to like contact Eden. Don't. It's none of your business. It's a TV show. Leave Eden Robinson, a real human person, alone, please. Um, second thing I'll say is it sucks, man. I, a lot of a lot of people lost their jobs, and and um, man, these the consequences are real, man. And and I think I think like this pretendian thing is going to be a lot harder to do in the coming years. I think like five years from now, it'll be impossible inside of these industries because we know everyone that's coming up now. Yeah. Like we know you guys, we're going to know who you are, who your families are. Right. We're going to know everyone coming up because the industry's tight, but there's been a lot of people that have been in this industry for a long time where you're like, huh, not sure about that person, but maybe like we should ask a question or something. Um, so I think, I think we're eventually just going to wash this problem away inside of our creative industries. It will never stop. They will always be a thing, but like, it's dangerous, man. Like some people are taking this into really dangerous direction. Um, there are, there are a small infantile percentage of indigenous people in Canada that are a hundred percent indigenous blood. Like it is a small, guess what? Your great, great granny was out there getting that good, that good French, you know what? Like, like there was, there's some mad shit happening in this country long before this was a place that called Canada. And like, there was some, everybody's a little bit of, visit my wigwam and I'll come and visit your log cabin shit. You know what I'm saying? Like there's lots of that. There's lots of that. So like, what are we, what are we actually doing here? Let's be careful, man. Cause like some of y'all's I've been seeing is like, you're, 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 you're coming at this from like a white supremacist lens, pretending to use your own indigenous supremacist lens. And it's wild what people are doing out there. So let's be really careful. Um, if we're honest about giving a shit about this conversation, you're actually talking about nationhood, right? You're actually talking about who should be, by definition, in your community or in your nation, who should be included in your nation, who, who, who gets to be there. Um, and that's up to the people, right? That's not up to the internet. It's not up to like hashtags and shit. That's up to the people. And so if we're actually talking about building nations and if it's up to the people, then that can only mean like really um, this is about relationships. And so the people have to have a relationship with the person that is claiming them. So we need these people to claim each other, right? Yeah. Um and it seems to me that the way we're having this pretendian conversation a lot of the time removes the indigenous sensibility from the conversation altogether because we've just decided it's time to cancel that person and and that's it full stop so to use like an indigenous sensibility on the conversation i think is really important and when you do that it almost always comes down to relationships and we can look at some really high profile cases one of which i was involved in um because this person was my friend where when at the end of the day, you actually investigate the situation and, and th the relationship was the problem. There was no relationship. And so, you know, as far as 
what happened, like it's terrible what happened. Um, as far as what happened, like I think CBC made some decisions right away about how this was going to go. It's definitely, uh, what can I say? There are definitely legal questions there that have to be answered probably in court. Um, but for people to think that it's this simplistic thing where one person owns the rights to it and therefore they're the bad person, it's just not, it's not true. There are comp many companies involved, many individuals involved. Um, each company that has a stake in it, you know, there's executive producers on each, like it's deep. It's, it's a problem. And I think, I mean, on, and this is really in the weeds for your listeners and your viewers, but like this, we're actually going to investigate this specific type of contract, which was very unique and go, yep, we can't fucking do that ever again because it's a disaster. So that's how bad it is. That's how big it is. It's, you know, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Blessed for uh, giving us that, that understanding and uh, yeah, just that look into it. Cause I mean, somebody that's in the industry is going to kind of know a little bit more what you got river. No, I'm just saying just like what that made a lot of sense. You said going back to looking at things through this indigenous lens, this white supremacist lens, like it makes so much sense because like, even like it's, it's, it's a very dangerous game of to play like, how indigenous are you right because that's it, those are the systems that were put in place not by us but the fact that a card says that we're treaty the fact that they have a 6-1 and a 6-2 treaty system where you were a six like where you have to um have kids with somebody who is like who is also the same treaty or else has like a a deeper sense of treaty than you are Otherwise, your kids lose status. And, like, it's so weird that we're throwing, like, this blood quantum into this stuff. And it's it's almost kind of goes against the old ways historically. Because yeah. you look at it, for example, like Cree and Blackfoot people, they would sometimes, they would have kids together, right? And then the, the Blackfoot person would get adop adopted into the Cree culture and live with the Cree people. And like, and so are they still like, like, sure, they're still necessarily Blackfoot, but then you look at their kids and their kids are mostly Cree. Their kids are going to learn the Cree way. Their kids are going to learn the culture. Their kids are going to learn the language, the Cree language, although they have a Blackfoot parent. That's just because that's their, that's where they grew up. That's their environment. So like, yeah. it's, it's very, it's it's a very very dangerous game to play it, it it honestly is it's like i all there's always more questions than answers for me especially being so young and not knowing about this stuff like maybe in 40 years i'll have it more inclined better to answer. But when when you're old, old and fat like me <laughs> old and handsome like you. Hey, hey um you know but here's the thing right this conversation happens in specific spaces and contexts so when there's money involved, when there's resources involved, when there's jobs and careers and shit like that, that's where this happens, right? Mm -hmm. like, like, like these people aren't clamoring to come and try to get a house on the res, right? They just want to be, they just want to be native when it, when it serves that part of their career, when they, when they're like, you know, applying to a, a native thing. And we've, we've almost seen this exclusively in cases like this, where it's like, 
this becomes a way to gain employment, uh, to get ahead, like to do that. And so there's other problems, right? We have to talk about like diversity and inclusion initiatives, where often like that means white people are creating programs and systems for indigenous people inside of their organizations. But that means white people are making those decisions about who gets into those organizations. Yeah. That means people who are faking their shit can say, I'm from the Métis of uh, the Birch Tree down on Sesame Street. And the white people are like, that sounds so native. Come on in. And now, now <laughs> They're, like these people are on like the diversity inclusion board at like the fucking public library or whatever, right? Like, like yeah. so we have to investigate the whole shit. If we're gonna be real and have a real conversation, then we got to investigate all of it because this is where this happens, is like when there's money and resource and power involved. No cap. And that's that, you know, power is a hell of a drug, right? Like this is this is what people this is what people want. Yeah, no I doubt. I got to take a pee. I'll be right back. Hey, bet, bro. Take a pee. Damn, bro. I'm just sitting here like in amazement, bro. This is so cool to learn all this stuff, man. I, I'm thanking everyone that's sticking by, man. I'm sure we're going to get uh, we're gonna get uh, a special roasted guest. A yeah, we're going to oh, get yeah, roasted right. a little bit more, but we're going to have a special guest um, hopefully in the next few minutes. Um yeah, damn. He he cooks, bro. I didn't think I didn't think he was gonna come at us that hard, bro. That no, early yeah, in the bro. game, bro. I was like no. sitting here like no. I was like, wait, I got I got everything I'm ready to say to him. Like, we'll start it up. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, bro. Not even on there. I can't hear you guys. <laughs> hey, what up, Clarence? Yo, what up, Clarence? <laughs> what are you laughing at? I can't even hear you about nothing. <laughs> Bro, put the headphones on. <laughs> woo, 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 raise the roof. What are we doing? Raising roof? <laughs> no, what's good, Clarence? What you doing, bro? Can't hear you. You oh. can't hear us, bro. Uh, uh. Is it on your mic? Hold up. Yeah, throw those on. Raise the roof. Gonna raise a roof. Gonna raise. Oh. Ah, oh. 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 Guys, order an opening prayer or anything or what? <laughs> you guys want me to say some words about residential schools so you guys can feel sacred or what? <laughs> bro, bro, do a land acknowledgement real fast too. I'd like to acknowledge the internet service that this this is bringing us out to Facebook. So, me, which Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, most certainly white supremacist. We thank you for your platform. Ahu, ahu. Bring back the Facebook poke, how I got down on a Friday night. I would like to thank Zoom and StreamYard for your below average services that you make us pay too much for. In the end, uh, these young men will probably never make their money back on these expenses, but it's worth a shot and I'm trying to be supportive. So miigwech kije manitou for that uh, internet line. Aho, aho. 
<laughs> bro clarence man we we're, we're big fans from like back in the day you remember like those old videos uh that you used to make trying out for uh drum groups how did that go bro like did you did you land any drum groups i didn't know we were gonna go there <laughs> oh shit he's trying no northern green never said nothing back to me <laughs> It's fucking they just told him every day I want be in you. Fucking one be in you. They never let me in them once. I mean once I got close with Ben, but fuck, then nothing happened. Anyways, no. Damn. Well, I I'm sorry to hear that, Clarence. Uh I really thought the like the drum. I didn't mean it that way. I don't know why you guys have to. No, fuck you. I, that's not what I say. I didn't mean sexually. I meant like Ben asked me to go for a gig and then he, the gig got canceled. I was just about in Northern Cree. I wasn't talking sexually. I'm not trying to start rumors about Ben Cardinal and I having a little poke or a shove. I was just saying like I was just about in Ben. With Ben. Like in with Ben. Anyways, my my... That's my sister over there just swearing around like, fuck, I'm on the phone here, man. Are we on the phone? What are we on here? <laughs> we're, we're, we're streaming live on, on the Foxing Around page. Uh, I think uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Is that, yeah, is that a play on like fucking around or was there, <laughs> you guys just named Fox? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's my last name. But yeah, we, we uh, basically uh, were like fucking around sometimes. Well, salute. Salute to your last name. Uh who? <laughs> And his his last name is around. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I got that's all my dad jokes. I got. Damn, you're out. Okay, so Clarence, what, what is it that like? Tell the people what you do, bro. Like, who are you? Who's Clarence do Tutos, man? Fucking don't do nothing. I wake up, my feet touch the ground. I say aho, <laughs> and then I, that's about it. <laughs> then whatever the creator brings me my way that day, I say aho. And then I, I rock with it. Sometimes I'm at the gas bar. I pump gas. Sometimes I, I go cut wood. Sometimes, I, sometimes I'm out laying wood. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's a humble life. Man, I got, I got stuck in northern Manitoba, Churchill. Fuck, I was up there two years. No one would come pick me up. Shacked up? Well, shacked up accidentally. <laughs> I didn't mean to miss my train, but fuck, I missed my train, and then boom, no train. Then train comes back ten days, and then boom, like we're doing okay, and then we we're like really doing it, like adult sleepovers and that. I was really like in there, like sleeping over there, like really, really like sleeping that way. And boom, pretty soon two years passes And I'm like, I gotta get the fuck out of here, man So I kind of laid low for a little while But I'm back now, you know COVID's like uh, My ex is dead She died Woo, That was awkward But, you know, I don't wish that she would have But she did, so that's okay What? I didn't fucking say it was good I just said, like, she died I was I was being just telling. I'm on the phone. Fuck. No, I didn't mean. I wasn't being brutal about it. I was just like, fuck. She died. I don't even know. Maybe it was not COVID. 
She smoked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. What? That's, you ever that's kissed an ashtray? Gross, man. Fuck. And I, I'm not bragging about that. You guys, I wasn't being mean. I just said she's dead. Later. <laughs> yeah, she's looking at she's looking down on the podcast right now. Uh, she's blessing foxing around with with some subscribers. <laughs> Bro, Clarence, I want to ask one thing. I know you got a, a personal relationship with Fawn in Dallas. Tell hey, us how that came how that came about. Well, I just I I, I wanted to be a Cree confed for a long time. And then I told I told Fawn, I was like, Fawn, I, I saw them. Uh, Kihiwan Powell, I was like, hey, what's the Creek of Feds? And I was like, boom, I'm going to go try to be in them. And so then I walked up to Fawn and I was like, hey, Fawn, how's it going? My name's Clarence. She's like, oh, nice to meet you, Clarence. I was like, hey, I, I got your CDs. I love your CDs. And she's like, oh, that's cool. I was like, are you here with Creek and Feds? She's like, yeah, I'm here with Creek and Feds. And then I just said to her, I want to be in you. And she hit me. <laughs> She slapped me. She's like, I'm married. I was like, what? And I was like, I want to be in you. And she's like, stop saying that. And then, like, I heard Dallas wanted to fight me at the powwow. And then I was like, shit, man, I don't want to fight. See the size of that guy's neck? Like, I'm not going to fight Dallas Waskahat, man. Fuck that. I'm not, I'm, I'm stupid. I'm not dumb. So I was like, I'm not going to fight him. And then. And then I was like, Fawn, why are you mad? She's like, you keep saying that perverted thing. I was like, no, I want to be in Creek and Feds. Like, I want to be in you, your drum group. I just didn't finish the sentence. Like, when I say I want to be in you, then it's like dot, 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 not sexually, dot, <laughs> dot, dot, just spiritually. Like, drum ways. You know what I mean? Anyway, I just, I don't know. Everyone's all mad. Oh, old fun. You want to go be in there? I was like, I don't even know what that means, man. Like, I literally don't even know what that is. So, anyway, that's how I met them. They're friends. I like those guys. They're deadly on, on the Facebook. Everything they do, man, is awesome. No. I like their, I like, I like their little TikToks when yeah. they do this one. Fucking brutal, man. I can, like, what are we doing? I'll do that. Pay me, TikTok. I'm not bringing my content to you for free. <laughs> I don't have any powwow outfits to jump into magically on TikTok either, so I don't think I can do that either. <laughs> you have a bro. You have a song for us or no? I might go to a pawn shop just to get some regalia to jump into for TikTok. Boom! Look at I've got a roach on. <laughs> boom! There's my beadwork. Like I, so I'm not, I haven't been doing TikToks. I don't Snapchat because I don't send dick pics nowhere. Uh, what else? I haven't been doing much, you guys. I just kind of lay low. Word, word. I, oh, and now everyone's gonna be mad. Oh, Clarence is hating on native TikTok. No, I'm not. I'm literally don't have regalia. Somebody want to <laughs> do some beadwork? I'm a double X. <laughs> ah ah oh my god, bro! All right, so so what are you gonna do for like the after COVID is done, Clarence? What's what's your plans, bro? You got some big coming? I, 
no, I got nothing. I got no prospects. I'm unemployed. I'm collecting Serb. <laughs> just going to ride it out. Ride it out. Uh, and hope I get back on the winner's circle in Powell country. Because, fuck, I need a win. I need, right. a, need a W. Is there any uh, drum groups interested in you at all right now? No, fuck no, man. No, <laughs> not one. Not one. I... Uh, I might just start my own. I might not. I, I might. I might bring a drum group of all white guys. I might just really turn this powwow upside down. I'm gonna decolonize powwow. So sacred. Hashtag decolonize powwow. Bring my indigenous ways of knowing to the powwow. Okay. I might do that for a while. Yeah. All right, bro. Hey, what's your drum group's name? What are you guys gonna call yourselves? It's called Not Even. <laughs> Not even a drum group. <laughs> oh shit, bro! Hey, did our you drum, ever? Our drum group is called Bunch of Scrubs. <laughs> Pickups. Hey, bro, did you ever buy that food truck? Like, like you got that in the in the locks? I know you're gonna drive yeah. more than three around. Maybe you just offer some other like drum groups the the opportunity, like some B level drum groups, and get yourself up there. You know. I'm not gonna lower myself to B level, bro. <laughs> it's a short list. Northern Tree. Blackstone. Whitefish Juniors? No. <laughs> you can't sit next to Harvey or what? What's the deal? <laughs> Anyways, uh... Boy, I'm really good. Talk about cancel culture. I'm fucking dead meat after this show. Then he talks back about Harvey. No, I didn't. Replay the tape. Replay the you better replay this tape for everyone that's trying to take me down after. Hey, we got you, Clarence. I don't think you do. That's the problem. <laughs> it's the actual problem. <laughs> All right, so what you doing for merch? You ever sell? You got any Clarence Two Toes merch out there right now? What the fuck do you think you're talking to? I got nothing. <laughs> I got memories. <laughs> I got stretch mark scars from getting a little too round in the winter. What do you? I got no merch. What the fuck bro, is merch, bro? <laughs> merch. I like I Clarence. Need, I, suppose I need a podcast or something if I'm gonna do merch. <laughs> Bro, I thought you had a podcast or like you were on, you had like a lightly loose show or something, man. What happened to that? You get canceled on air too? No, bro. I just, I, I, I don't know. I sold my computers, hard time. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't bounced back yet. Hey, it's coming though. Next serve. Why don't you get your gear next serve, bro? Put, bro? Invest in yourself. Bro, I was ripped off by a bead worker in Saskatchewan twice. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm just i'm not doing beadwork i'm gonna have spray paint i'm gonna do a spray paint outfit chicken chicken i no no uh just uh just uh just a fat traditional <laughs> traditional dancer just uh, don't say fat you're body shaming no i'm not i'm just fat so i'm not ashamed i just am <laughs> Why is everyone say, you shouldn't say fat that body shames? No, it's just kind of fat. 
You don't have to. If you're ashamed, that's on you. You should. <laughs> all bodies are beautiful, bro. Word, bro. You're so wise, Clarence. You're so wise, bro. Nothing, bro. I'm out here, man. I'm on these streets. What do you want? Bro, hey, is anyone, there... anyone want to battle rap me or what? Bro, I can't spit bars, but but let's let's hear him and maybe River can rebuttal. Let's see what you got, Clarence. No, I'm not doing that. If you're not, if no, there's no maybe, bro. If you don't fucking say maybe, <laughs> doing this or not, River battle rap him. Let's go. I know you got bars. Bite somebody uh, else's bars if you have to. Just look, Google them real quick. Hey, I I want to tell you guys about a fight I got in uh, uh, just before Christmas time. All right, tell us. I was, I was near Saskatoon and. I was out, I was, I was chasing around this little tattoosis that I saw, oh, shit, she's a tattoosis, and I just lost my mind for a few days. <laughs> Anyways, chasing around this tattoosis around Saskatoon, is, is she in Regina, or is she lying? Like I'm, I'm like, she's just playing me, fucking playing me. And I was going to be deadly on Facebook and be like, hey, blank tattoosis, what up? But I didn't, I played it cool. Anyways, I was out. There's like this little Christmas gathering, and this guy was—he uh, was sitting by his truck, and his his wife was coming out of the building there. And he started screaming, and he's he's waving at her. He's going Nietzsche Moose, Nietzsche Moose, Nietzsche Moose. And I was like, "Holy fuck!" And I looked at the situation. Who's yelling at that woman? And I was like, "He's yelling at this woman. He's calling her a moose." <laughs> hey, fucking bro, settle down, man. And I'm thinking he's going Nietzsche moose, a stum, a stum. I was like, holy fuck, he's saying, "Come here, you moose!" Like he's calling her Nietzsche moose, right? And I was like, I'm starting to get mad because he did it again. He's like, Nietzsche moose, a stum, a stum. And I said, "Hey, fucker, don't call her a moose." If anything, she's like a chubby deer. <laughs> she's not a moose. And I was going to fight him and everything, but turns out Nietzsche moose is just how you say that special one. But I didn't know. I don't speak your language. So I was like, fuck, don't call her a moose, bro. And he's like, I didn't. I was like, I heard you. And I started, I started, you know, when you, you're about to fight and you start doing that shit, yeah. twist your head. It's like, we're doing this? Are we doing this? Like that? Kind of like that? <laughs> like that? When you're like, you're like that? Are we doing this? He's like, yeah, you did. You called her a moose. He's like, no, I didn't. I was like, yeah, you did. That's that's a move, eh, guys? It's fucking like, it's old races. I said, fuck, give him one nose. Bro, the head fake always works, bro. Okay, Clarence, what happened with you and the girl, though, man? You didn't tell us about the story. Oh, I don't know. She uh, She's married. Oh. <laughs> she's playing. So are you a better fighter or a better battle rapper? I can scrap, bro. I'm tough. I am fat, but I can throw hands. That's all I got. Bro, where would you learn to fight, Clarence? Indian hockey tournaments. Where would you learn to fight? Where did you learn to fight? I mean dances at the at the school. I mean power after powwows. Like, fuck, where'd you learn to fight, bro? Walmart, fucking Taco Bell. Like that's where I learned. Fucking throw these hands wherever I have to go, bro. Oh 
shit, man. So, so let's see. You got you got the round dance under your belt. Former hockey fighter. You're chasing women all over the world, bro. What's the next move for Clarence Tutos, man? You gotta have something for us, bro. You're innovative. Just staying home and washing my hands, bro. Washing your hands. Yeah, you my hands. Wash your ass too. Uh, you know, <laughs> occasionally. Obviously, <laughs> that's a weird question. <laughs> Why are you thinking about that? That's like <laughs> foxing around with your bum. Like, what are we doing here? This is a family show. It's really not. Bro. You know, fox yeah. around your asshole. Oh, you guys, go smudge yourself. Got weird here in the last. I mean, we're approaching two hours, so it is like I know you're getting rid of your. <laughs> fox around my asshole. I mean, I mean, if you're gonna, you gotta have consent, but <laughs> so you don't have, uh, you don't have that right now. <laughs> so you're a Scorpius by trade, right? Hey, I. Uh huh. By trade, yeah, man. Yeah, man. How many packs to get you to the uh, next beast there? To uh, help serve the main soup, main soup. You you you, you ain't getting a little bit of little bit of tea. You got the main soup. You know what? You give me four, 20, 24 hours, 20, 24 hours notice. I'll be at your sweat, man. Fucking rights. I'll cut. <laughs> you know, like what are we doing here, man? This is who we are, man. Oh, do you, oh is Big Brother on TV? Oh, really? Oh, well then, what happened? Wow. Oh, oh yeah. Then what happened? Then what she say? Oh, oh yeah. Then what he say? Oh, no way. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway, you give me 20, 24 hours notice. I'll be at your sweat. I'll, you know, I'll come say, I'll come and uh, pray on your food. You know, I'll come and I'll smudge your house so you're. Hey, is your kid having a bad dream? I got sweetgrass. Call me. I'd do that right all day. Like, uh, how much you charge? Yeah, what's the what's the price? Twenty five hundred, man. Fucking right, it's twenty five hundred. Everything Indian name, twenty five hundred. <laughs> Opening meetings, twenty five hundred. Smudge your chief, twenty five hundred. Smudge your, your weenuck, twenty five hundred. <laughs> All right, man. Maybe we can do something like seventeen hundred in a room, if that's okay with you. Well, I'd like to sponsor your podcast. I've got a dehumidifier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro, <what> the... <laughs> Yo, can we can we send one of those to Clarence to those, bro? Yo, we got you. We're gonna send that, you. That, We're gonna won't, send... that won't fit in my trailer. I sleep in. <laughs> 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 oh shit, bro! Clarence is a savage too, bro. Hey, man. Yeah. we go hard in the paint. Hey, yes, sir. Any uh, go hard or go home. Yeah, any That's uh, she said, man, <laughs> bro. So <laughs> I don't even know what to say, <laughs> bro. I, I ain't recovered from this, bro. Clarence two toes has got to take it easy, bro. Hey, where's your glasses, bro? What happened to the rubber bands once? Indian uh, Indian Affairs hook you, dude. That's twelve years ago. You have your glasses from twelve years ago. <laughs> well, you probably do. Fuck it. 
shit. Are they taped though? Yeah, these are taped. Fuck. These ones fell apart too. Damn. I missed the rubber band. I missed the rubber band, Clarence. I'm uh, guessing it was the uh, guy who was saying uh, Nichimus who punched those glasses. He He slapped them right off my face. (laughs) Slapped off a little jazzy glasses. (laughs) You ever ever been slapped, open hand slapped by another man? The kind of slap your spirit will leave you. (laughs) For about four days. (laughs) It's like, fuck, bro. Did you just fucking slap me, bro? He's like, yeah. I was like, why? <laughs> Why'd you slap me? He just fucking had his handprint there like that. Boom, smack. But anyways, I, I didn't, I, you know. I still have my glasses. He doesn't have his. <laughs> oh I might have been, been foxing around with his glasses when I told <laughs> him. Bro. I'm uh, guessing you uh, hit his glasses when you were over at his place when he wasn't home. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Hey, I don't. I'm a lot of things, but I don't do that. I'm too young for those headaches. Bro, how old is Clarence Tutos, by the way? Tell us your age, bro. I'm. You know, I'm old enough to old enough to know. <laughs> old enough to know that I know what I know. And when I do what I know, holy, am I ever knowing it and I'm ever doing it. So I'm old enough for all that. <laughs> that got weird at the end, but I, I finished my thought anyways. Bro, why does that happen to you, Oz, Clarence? It seems what? like you get like uh, misinterpreted or like your words don't uh, come out. I don't out know. You got a lot of, lot of thirsty aunties out there. <laughs> lots of Lots of... Drunken uncles that want to talk to Claire. My wife likes Clarence more than she he, she likes me. I'm like, yeah, well, fucking, maybe you should learn how to la, 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 a little bit better or something. Like, you got to figure that out yourself, bro. I just talk about it and it's she's done. I don't even have to do it. I just say it. It's like I'm trying to break off a piece of dry meat. It's right off the end of another piece of dry meat. First thing you have to do is you got to get your lips around that little edge, that little bit there. Huh? You just put your lips, your lips, you know what? It's that little edge piece of dry meat. Just get it wet there with your lips. And it eventually just loosens right up. What the fuck? Oh, my God, bro. Hey, Clarence, I need, I need, I just want the spiritual tips from now on, bro. Hey, low key, I'm trying to give you guys like trying to give you the gold here. <laughs> like, you either want to know or you don't want to know. Spiritual as it gets, Ray, bro. Fucking, you guys better rewind this. You're blowing it. You're not even paying attention. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Uncle. Hey, man. Hey, we heard a rumor, bro. Hold you're trying, on. You're trying to cut this early? No, no, no. We heard a rumor. Hold up. We heard a rumor, bro. Okay, you know Vincent Short, right? He's going around claiming that you may or may not be his father, bro. Wow. I can tell you I've been to Montana twice, (laughs) and I slept by myself both times. So you're not the father? I'm not. Before you slept. I never. I I can tell you I was was alone. I I could hear the bugle of an elk in the distance. 
the elk was in a in rut and i was and i was just i was doing i was i was giving myself that one this bedtime is doing that one <laughs> and and but that that elk was calling while i was kind of like trying to get in it and i was like this is confusing because i'm not i'm not aroused but is the elk aroused and how does the elk know i'm doing this one over here and the elk's calling but i'm like i'm kind of like as the elk's calling i'm like getting in a rhythm too and it's like a bit of a weird like it's a weird like connections so that's how i say i've only been there twice that happened both times i was there <laughs> masturbated calls and boom that was it so i'm sorry vincent ryan is not your father sorry vincent clarence is not your father damn uh we got hey we got some exciting news we'll tell you right now man uh we're gonna get the bottom of this one way or the other because next week vincent short will be our guest in the foxing around studio so we're gonna ask him himself too and see what See what uh what sticks, man. We want to know. Send us send us a cup of your DNA or something. I, I know I refuse to do that too. I don't know. You guys like you foxed around a little bit, then now you're doing that a little bit. Uh if there are no more questions, then uh holy shit, man. Like, maybe you just want to talk about sports or what? Like fucking uh, you guys uh no, okay, that's fine too. <laughs> Bro, Clarence, you like you have a way of uh, taking over conversations like no other man. Well, I, I, well, if you were a good conversationalist, you'd be like, "Yeah, one time I jerked off to a moose call," and I'd be like, "Wow, we have something in common." But then I I said that I was masturbating in Montana while an elk was crying in the distance, and then you guys had nothing to say about it. You gave never got ever said. Oh, one time I jerked off, and there was a spruce hen uh, crawling around behind me in a tent. Like you didn't say. So I don't know with you. Uh, I and I, by the way, I don't want to know. I, I, well, let's change the subject. I'm reading comments. Uh, Jerlyn, JB, the first lady, do you still want to be in a drum group? I've given up that dream, JB. I've got a food truck. I've got a food truck. I'm going to bring my tacos around to the people. Oh. Also, I I make those scone dogs. You guys know what scone dogs are? No, it's no. Yeah, I think that's like, like a hot Eastern dog thing. wrapped in the fry bread, and you you cook the fry bread and the hot dog inside. Oh, bannock baking dogs. in a blanket, bro. Yeah. Bannock dogs, okay. Well, it's not bannock because bannock's baked. Well, we have fried bannock over here. Right, but fried bannock is not a thing. It's fried bread or bannock, which is baked. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> One time. I was making them at a fundraiser for children's and we were raising money to, cause the nursery school burnt down and I was like, fucking right. So I'll sell blanket dogs. I'll sell, we call them scone dogs. I'll sell, sell a bunch of them and raise money. And then I was making them. And then, but my hot dog kept, hot dog kept coming out of the end of that bread like that. It's kind of looked like a dog dink, like that <laughs> sticking out of the bread like that. And I'm selling them as a fundraiser to raise money for nursery school. I'm like, Hey, like coming to buy Clarence's dog dink hot dog talk bannock dogs that look like dog dinks like they were awful man they're like that they're like that just sticking out the end like that just like that I was like I can't sell these these dog dinks so I might call my my food truck dog, Clarence's dog dinks 
It like it my my company might be called Dog Dinks Incorporated. I think like who wouldn't want to nip come down? Hey, we're down at the fair this weekend. Come and nibble on a dog dink at at the fair. Well, that, that commercial needs work, but uh, you know what I'm saying. Like I think it'd be a big product. Hey. Let's go. What does what does Clarence think of Perry Belgard? Oh shit! Uh, I don't. Why would I? <laughs> yeah, Clarence ain't worried about. Uh, what do I think of uh, Shakira? Like uh, nothing, uh, completely irrelevant to my life. What do you think of uh, Joe Montana? I don't. Like I don't think. It, I don't care. I don't. I don't know any of these people. Best, Best way to spend your treaty money on on your kids. <laughs> All right, not a question, but a comment. Best Best Vincent, I busted on the floor twice in my life. I'm just gonna tell you, shit, man. Vincent, Vincent. I mean, if you need money, I'll send you money. I don't know what you're after here. But it's not love, because I don't love you. You are not my son. Vincent, come close to the camera. I got to talk. Here, one second. Vincent. No. I don't love you. I think you're funny. You can sing. You dress nice. Your beadwork's dope. Your sticks are dope. Bro. You'll notice I've called you bro, not son, not nephew, a bro. So Vincent, I didn't, I didn't drop any babies in your mom. I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't do nothing. I don't, I don't, I didn't. And, and the times I masturbated with the out in the distance was, you know, this masturbation, bro. And I feel weird telling you because you're fucking 12. So <laughs> let's end the conversation right here. Aho, aho. Well, Clarence, go on TikTok. I don't know. I, I you know, no. I mean, I have one. Yeah. Take him to Mori. Uh, um, well, I mean, I, I'm trying to avoid that situation by telling the truth. My hand to my heart, my hand to God, if there is a God. Like, uh, you know, I just, I'm not I the God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the father. That's... I'm glad we got that figured out on Foxing Around, you know. It didn't, it didn't happen anywhere. I mean, I'll, do you want me to adopt you old ways? Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll come take care of you. Fuck. Come up here, bro. But, like... If you're looking for your dad, I'm not, not him for reals. <laughs> oh shit, man! We're gonna have to. This is this is gonna take some more work, man. This is gonna be a foxing around exclusive here. Oh, I don't. Think, I, I mean, you just asked me for my DNA. Uh, <laughs> no. So just careful where you dig. Oh my god! All right, uh, hold up. Coldheartedly, he is not the father. You had to let him down harsh, eh? Well, I just, uh, like, or, or, you know, he just lives his life calling himself Vincent Tutos. And it's like, hey, bro, that's not it. 
Hey, there we go. <laughs> hey, anything could happen, Vince. I'm not saying. I mean, there's. I'm not talking to him anymore. It's it's actually making me nervous. <laughs> Legally. <laughs> It's making me legally nervous. All right. Uh, all right, Vincent. We'll have to. We'll, have to we'll, we'll ask Vincent next week, anyways. Dallas, Pelly, do you ever lay down and think of that boost from the States, bro? I, I do. And uh, was it a spiritual moment or like more of like a like a you know a physical moment or both? It was both. At, at, and at at our best, it's always both, bro. <laughs> That's what you. That's what you want. Clarence, make a hip, do the hip, hop, the hippie, the hippie, the hip, hip, hop, and you don't stop. Okay, the rock band, boogie, rip, rock, the boogie, 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 the bee. JB, do you guys know JB? You should have JB on your show. JB's a hip hop artist for real, for real. JB, lady. Who's JB? She got some bangers. JB, we're we're gonna book you into boxing around. I but look at that. Clarence that. just had a way of making things happen, bro. That's right, man. Hey, Clarence, I, I, hold up. We're waiting for one or two more fan questions, baby. I got I to gotta ask, man, like, you know, is there ever days where you just wish powwows were back on so you could do your thing again? Like, I know, man, you cap. You cap and say you're not a good singer or, like, you're really hard on yourself, man. But you're like – you're like a third to fourth lead guy, you know? You don't have to sit in a shitty spot that no one else wants, you know? You you can get a camera spot, you know, maybe off the side a little bit, but still in frame, you know? You're a big guy, too. You'll sit next, you know, you'll have a big, big presence. Bro, I think, can, bro? I, I mean, I just, I can't wait. I mean, you know when you, you like, uh, that, that's that saying, you don't know what you got till it's gone? Like, man, how good is it to be going to be to set up your tent, to get your family together, pack sandwiches, like make that drive and just get to to see all your friends on the road and your loved ones. Man, that's like that's a blessing creator gave us for real, for real. And uh, that's like, man, when that happens again, like it's going to be a good day, you know. It's going to be a good day. But until then, like, this is what we got internet. We got Vince, Vince short sitting every day for hours. Like, Whitney Raincounter, who's like, you know, who's doing his fun in Dallas and like just all these. It's amazing, man. It's amazing. So, but I mean, I don't know. We, we have to keep our elders safe, right? So, ahoo, ahoo. But not real serious with that question. Hell yeah. Too serious. You still sing for the chicks or what, Clarence? Wait, you want, want me to sing for them? Yeah, many, yeah. Sing for the chicks. We got how 60. Are, 60. How, many, how many are watching? Probably at least 40 or, aunties out of that 60. 13 or so. <laughs> uh, we found out that most of our viewers are uh, females. Uh, well, yeah, with two young, handsome guys. Uh, I don't know. Three handsome guys on the screen, Clarence. I uh, know. Anyways, that's <laughs> weird. thanks, cheekbones. Like, fuck it. <laughs> this guy is so deadly. Literally, both of you guys are models, aren't you? Like, go fuck yourselves. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Sing for Vincent. <laughs> this guy is Vincent. Jesus Christ, this Vincent. 
He's not going to quit. Would that be a plot twist or what? <laughs> oh, I can't breathe. <laughs> Let's make it happen. <laughs> this point, we have to make it <laughs> I wonder if they've ever been in the same room, man. I can't wait till Clarence and Vince get together, man. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be monumental, bro. <laughs> I was laughing too hard to keep doing Clarence. Bro. I was losing the voice and everything. I was dying. Does that happen, Lost? Can, can you talk to us just real quick about like what that is? Like we kind of went through it with Tanya as well too, when she gets into her anti Beatrice character, and like just kind of like, what's the like process of? Of like getting into that, is it like simultaneous for you? Like, can you put it on and take it off pretty quickly, or is it like a like what's yeah. it like? I guess yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, <clears throat> like I started Clarence to do material that I wouldn't do as myself, or th that I wouldn't do uh, otherwise. Like having that little bit of distance from yourself and this this character that you play is um, is fun because it it kind of frees you up right frees you up to say a little something and um i don't know there's things that like i suppose ryan as a person wouldn't say but you know as a character as clarence right like you can say you can say whatever you want mm -hmm. clarence clarence says whatever whatever he wants now i you know could i do that as ryan i don't know maybe um but it's it's different right because when I do comedy as myself, I'm doing it as me. And everything I'm telling you is true. Like everything I'm telling you is 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 based on the truth. It is it starts with the truth and then I explore that truth. That's that's my writing um process. And so like so with Clarence, like Clarence is I'm always improvising with Clarence. I don't have material for Clarence Tutos. I've never written material for Clarence Tutos. No two sh sh live shows with Clarence would be the same because I don't do, I, it's all improvised. Um, and so, you know, like, um, it's, it's fun. It's fun to have, to have a, a place to kind of express yourself a little bit differently. Yeah. That's dope, man. Yeah. It's the, it's like a cool dynamic to see too as well. And like, just, you know, like switchovers and just, yeah, I think it's interesting. Does it like, has it ever gotten like, like I know you kind of veer away a little bit sometimes from Clarence Tutos um, and you've kind of dove right into your own comedy and, you know, like with your own specials and, and doing what you're doing now, was it like the landscape of like kind of uh, the, the comedy at the time, or was it just like kind of wanting to reinvent yourself or just, or not even reinvent yourself, maybe just like rock with Ryan, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that's an interesting question. Cause yeah, I, I definitely like the, 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 the the internet became you know super crowded the internet yeah. became crowded with tito and tanya joe and the 1491s and a few others that were doing like some characters and some internet-based stuff and this was like you know 2009 10 11 around then and i so i just quit i just like i i eventually just phased it out and i think the last time i did Clarence Two Toes Live was like 2014, and I was it was in Minnesota at a show, 
and um, and this this elderly woman who had come to every show I did in Minnesota, because we would sign her jacket. She wore the silver bomber jacket. This old native woman, and uh, um, I had I I had intended to retire Clarence and I decided because this woman was at all of these shows that the next time I I went down there that's when I would retire Clarence Tutos so actually after that show I saw her I went and signed her jacket you know one last time and I gave that old woman those glasses and my toque um and the shirt that I was wearing is Clarence and I, I was just like I want to give this as a gift I want to give this to you you've been so supportive online supportive like in person and just there was something that felt special about that old woman to me. And so I gave her those glasses and I gave her that, that toque. And for me, that was like a closed chapter. Right. Um, and didn't do Clarence from 2014 to basically like a year ago, like, like around the end of March or April, I, I just brought Clarence back. I just grabbed an old pair of sunglasses um, and brought Clarence back. And I just put something on Instagram about Clarence two toes coming back. And then my DMS just flooded and people like, shit, you got to bring him, you got to bring him back. And then that's when I started using the Ecamm platform and live streaming a, a hour long live show, improvised live show with him a couple days a week. And that went really well and people really liked it. Um, but I, you know, I don't have any, I don't have any real plans to bring him back. I mean, I have some projects with his name sort of attached to them loosely, but um, it takes, it, you know, it takes a lot of, if I'm going to, if I'm going to like, you know, if I'm going to keep performing as Clarence, I want, I need, I need to take a step forward. I need the, I need to look better. I want it to sound, I don't want to do YouTube shit with it. So like there's some really big things that I want to adapt with, uh, with Clarence, but um the timing's got to be right. And, uh, and, um, I'm actually currently adapting. I'm actually currently adapting and, and in pre-production on a podcast series called life, according to Clarence two toes, um, for CBC podcast, but I can't really talk much about it because it's, it's, we're just developing it right now. So. Damn. That's a vibe though. I like how you were like, you were like, twice or like oh i can't talk about this but because you're you, you guys are the homies i'll tell you anyway so that's much love for that ryan Thank oh, you so uh, much, bro. Yeah. Well, i mean you know i can't <laughs> on here and be like, oh sorry i can't tell you yeah no i can't <laughs> on that um because it's ultimately not that big and not that important but you know contracts are contracts and you gotta you have to honor those things yeah um, yeah have you ever had a guest like that on any of your podcasts that were like, yeah, I can't talk about that. Yeah. And like, it was a very bland podcast or else like to the point where you just threw the whole episode away or something like that, because we almost got something like that. I don't want to talk about it. No, just kidding. But like, <laughs> no, it's like, it's like, that's something that we want to avoid. And I'm just wondering, like, you've been doing this, like you said, for 10 plus years. So I don't know if you ran into that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely like, there are definitely guests that I've had that have been standoffish or that, you know, that have been not great interviews. And I've been doing interviews for a long time. Like I've been like, this is an extension of the, doing interviews and talking with people 
that's an extension of uh, like an earlier part of my career when I was when I was doing a lot of research and writing. Um, so I love conducting interviews and I, I, I want, I kind of want challenging interviews. Like I want to be challenged because I bring ideas into an interview and I'm, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to get to the bottom of something. Um, so I come really, I come over prepared um, and ready to, you know, ready to spit if, it, if, if, if you have to. So like, so there has been some of that in, in the work that I, I've been doing um, over the last bunch of years more specifically like in the last couple of years making the Thunder Bay podcast because that's when I've ran into some of the most brutal racism and and shit you know ever so you're sitting in an interview and you know you have your interview subject dead to rights like you know you know that the three lies they've told you have the truth for because you've got it in your research your notes you've done the journalism on it right um, and and so but to get there, you kind of have to earn your way into that space, right? You can't just drop napalm in the in the in the in the middle of the room. You kind of got to earn your way into that, and then you hit them with that thing. Um, that's an art. Like that's what good journalists and good interviewers are, are really good at, right? Is is being intuitive, being compassionate, being a strong listener, so that as you feel the impulse to follow up with the question because your compassion is locked in. You're, you've, you've locked in with another human. Um, you know, that's when you, that's when you, you train yourself to jump, you know, in, in that moment. So it's like being a good interview and being a good interview and being a good interviewer and getting good interviews out of guests that are difficult is possible. Um, or guests that come and like, you know, kind of want to pull your leg on some shit if you're taking a journalistic approach to your your podcast series and like that's the kind of show you want to build um you might find yourself in a situation where you got to push back and i know we kind of we kind of we kind of dunked on perry belgard a little bit here tonight just just for jokes but and i don't know him at all and i don't give a shit about him being the national chief or anything i don't think and I have no interest in like trying to make him feel bad or anything, but let's, let's say it's, it's Perry and he's a politician and he's there as a politician. It's within your rights as hosts of the show and journalists and people that want to, to have answers to ask him whatever you want. Right. And if, if you have the facts and you know what the answer is and he's not giving you the answer, then it's you up to you to push back, right. To get that out of the interview. So there's a lot of things to learn about interviews and like, how to it's like stick handling it's like volleyball keeping volleyball in the air um tennis you know hitting the ball back and forth in good interviews um there's a lot to think about but things can go sideways man for sure for sure for sure hey that's a vibe ryan man are you getting tired yet brother i don't know i mean i'm old hey that that is true Yo, that's true. That's true. Well, there's like two kinds of old people though. There's ones who stay up all night and there's the morning people. So like Oh dude, I'm a I'm a night person. I I I don't know. I I've always been like four or five hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. about what I need. Five, if I get five, I feel pretty good. Yeah. Um, if I get four, I don't feel so good. Um six is like six is right in the pocket. But if I get seven, I wake up like I look I look like I got beat up the night before like if i get too much sleep i don't i don't feel good so yeah <clears throat> i'm always up late 
I just feel like there's so much to do every day. That's facts. Yeah. Do Do you feel like most of your um, like most of your creativity and productivity comes at night too? Are Are you the one of those people? Because that's exactly <laughs> how I am, and it fucking sucks when you have to live in like a world that's a nine to five where you have 9 a.m. classes where you have to wake up for like workouts in the morning. But like here you find you yourself doing your best work homework wise, being like the most productive at night. It's like it's not a friendly world for who you are kind of thing. It's kind of shit. Right. Right. Um, yes, I have kids. Um and to Lydia, do you have any other characters? Yeah, I do some other characters that I like. I haven't really done them. I haven't really done them uh, at live shows or anything, but I definitely have. Yes, to, to answer your question, definitely. Um, yeah, man, creative hours for me are when the house is quiet. So mm -hmm. my daughters, you know, crash out. Um, <clears throat> so it tends to start like sometime around 10. Um and then can go till two or three, but I've actually been changing it now. And what I, what I actually try to start my do is start my day around four 30 or five. And so if I can start my day at like 5.00 AM and I can bang out three hours of office work or writing or like, you know, um, any other tasks that I need to do, I can be done that shit by eight in the morning when people are just going to work. So like, so already I've done everything that I needed. I've answered all my emails, <clears throat> set up my business for the day, confirm meetings or whatever it is, um, book travel, just those menial tasks that have to be done all day. If I can bang those out before people are even awake, I'm, I'm winning. And so, so there's a bunch of different work that I have to do, right. To maintain my businesses, which is not all creative. So. I find when the creative time hits me, I just drop everything and I, I, I roll and I just rock until I'm done. So I can't set times because there's just too much going on all the time with different aspects of business. But, um, you know, that's just like, that's, that's, that's just the reality. You're going to, you're going to get to a point where you're, you're, you're managing a business instead of being creative. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, the best, what some of the best advice I got, uh, ever was just remember that this is called show business. There's two words in that sentence, show business. So it's half, you know, about the show and it's half about the business. And a lot of people don't figure out the business and it ultimately hurts the show. And some people are only focused on the show and can't do the business, you know, so you got to figure out a way to be able to do both. Um, Cause if you're going to be successful, you know, your career takes both. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, that makes sense because I try to avoid all the business side of things personally, when it comes to this podcast and I let Ray take the hands on that. Like when it comes to like, anytime we're dealing with people or negotiations or anything like that, like that's, that, that's not me. That's not why I do it. So that's why then, but like, and Ray's a lot more better and fine tuned at that. So he definitely does more business portion and it's been going pretty well. So, so far anyways. So we think, yeah. Have you heard about our humidifiers? Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I've got to, I've got to tell you, I've, I heard something about them earlier tonight. Um, but that's true. That's good though, man. Like, you know, if, if you're rocking as a team, you know, everyone's got a bit of a different skill set. Everyone's got different interests and different passions. And if you can stay in your lane and, and again, this goes back to, what we were talking about two hours ago is like be intentional and purposeful about how you build your team and make sure you have people around you that have skill sets that you don't and, and build that team for trust, right? You mm-hmm. trust that that person's doing what they're supposed to do. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Everyone, everyone around the table is in, you know, to do their best. <clears throat> so that's, that's the best way. Cause we can't possibly know how to do everything. Right. So whatever your skill set is, it's like that thing we we're talking about that bundle, right? Whatever's in your bundle, that's your, those are your gifts. And what's in Ray's bundle, those are, those are, those are his gifts. Right. And so you'll figure that out in time. And sometimes you'll get good at something that, or you get better at something than he is and vice versa. And, you know, it's good. Hey, that's facts. All right, brother. Well, this has been great, man. Informative. I literally feel like I'm going to click off of this and go like right back into this and watch it all again. Cause there's so much like knowledge and things that you have given us, man. Uh, what we like to do here is what we, uh, we like to pop you up on the solo layout and then you can just like, you know, whatever message you got for the people that are listening and, you know, just give our viewers some good words and then, uh, we'll come back and, uh, thank you before you leave. So I'm going to pop you up here on the, on the solo. Cool. Um, yeah. Thank you all for watching and hanging out with us tonight. Um, this, these, you know, these young guys I've, I've watched their, their show, on a couple of occasions and some friends of mine uh, told me about what they're doing and, and um, yeah, just really proud of these, uh, these young people doing good things and uh, trying to make a space for themselves and for, you know, for the community. And I don't know, I, you know, at the risk of sounding like a complete idiot, uh, I'll quote Drake and on a song with future, he said, what a time to be alive. And uh, that's, that's where I think we are right now. We're in this like really special time where we're witnessing change and we're still, we're still going through the, the shit. Like we're still, we're still going through some of the hard time, but you know, we are, we are coming through the other end of it. And I think 30 or 40 years from now, they're going to write books about this time. And this is, this is the time we're living in. So what's really interesting to me and exciting to me is that we are aware that things are changing. We can see things slowly changing and we can fight for things to change. Um, and as we do it, uh, we have to help those that are stepping up to take, you know, the space. And so this is where like with Ray and river, like, you know, being here, like that, that's what I see is like people that are, are kind of rising up to take that space. So, so it's really, you know, it's really nice to, to see that. And, um, I think I've seen memes and different things where people say like, you are your ancestors wildest dreams. And that's what, um, you know, that's what we all are. So I want to say thank you to uh, Foxing Around for having me on. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at RM comedy or Twitter at RM comedy. And you'll find me on Facebook because uh, I'm already that you're connected to this, which is on Facebook. So uh, thank you to everybody for tuning in. Um, and thank you to, uh, to everyone that got to uh to hang out with us here tonight 
and uh, continue to support these young guys. And uh, in our language, we say, which means I'll see you all again, my relatives. So until then, take good care, stay safe. Brother, much love, man. Thank you so much for coming on, educating us, doing what you do, man. It really means a lot that uh, someone of your stature will come in and and uh, cut it up and be real with us and just, you know, nothing to lose, everything to kind of gain from, from learning from you. And it means, it means a lot. So thank oh, you so shit. much, brother. My mom was here. Great show. She said, wish you boys all the best. <laughs> hey. That's mom, right. What are you doing awake, mom? <laughs> bad, man. Yeah, yeah, bro. Um, yeah. And that's actually one of my, like that's my top three albums that's from uh the song big rings on what a time to be alive that drake and future beautiful album love yeah. it yeah bro that goes so hard i still listen to it and, and on top of that man i just want to say thank you for coming on man and on and just from watching just from like because i listen to a lot of podcasts man and like without a doubt comedians are the best podcast conversationalists when it comes down to watching like joe rogan podcasts or like like any any of them it's just like always the the best conversations always happen with the comedians and i just want to commend you on that and that like it was a uh, really good to have you here tonight and like speaking of your mom dropped in my dad actually dropped in all right hey all right that's my dad that's awesome man yeah, yeah, there we go. Bro. My mom's in there too. Look at that. We we got a whole family affair here, man. Yeah, all of our parents. My sister, That's it. Go to bed. All right, Ryan. Well, we're gonna let you go, bro. Much love. Thank you for sticking around this this late with us, man. I know uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Shout out to Tom Brady. Even though you know we ain't Patriots over here, we still uh. We still rock with the goat, man. So well, that's awesome, man. Congratulations to you guys on what you're building. And you know, we chopped it up earlier today and said that if you need help uh, taking those next steps and asking questions, I'm here to support you guys. And uh, congrats on a good show. Um, keep up the good work. Hey. And we'll definitely have you on in the future, possibly even when we're in Vancouver. When we get when we get our own studio, you could come cut it up with us in there too, in the studio for the first time. It'll be dope. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I'm, I'm, I need to talk to your sales manager. <laughs> Get me on this dehumidifier deal, but hey, we got you, bro. Shout out Cleanest Way. Shout out Shannon Brass. We'll, we'll, we'll link up Ryan McMahon and Shannon Brass real nice, bro. I... You, don't, you don't have to do that. <laughs> I mean it. I support it. I know. I just kept wanting to bring it up and, and make jokes. I, this is all love. Hey, all right. Thank you so much, Ryan. We're gonna let you go now, bro. All right, dudes. Take good right. care. Peace. Uh, hey, bro. That was dope. That was dope. That was dope. Um, yeah, bro. Yeah. Every... Go ahead. <laughs> bro, I don't know what to say, man. That was like that was like an experience, bro. I've never been roasted and like got so much knowledge all in one all in one motion, bro. It was dope. So I'm really uh excited for uh for that. Uh what you got to, to say, bro? You got anything else that we need to to wrap it up with no man i just want to say that was a 
good podcast, bro. Like I said, the comedians are always the best podcast conversationalists, man. And it was like, it always gets better and better. Like each, each episode, we think this is the best episode and this is by far the best episode right now. Like it, it was so, he's so easy going, bro. It's just good to talk. You know what I mean? Good to kick it. And it just, it felt good just to go back to that, man. And I, yeah, bro, can't wait for next week. Hey, yeah, so next week, man, none other than the little nephew himself, man. Vincent Short is going to be on the Foxing Around podcast. We're looking forward to you coming through, Vincent. Uh, we'll see you soon. We'll announce the poster uh, probably on Tuesday. Uh, so, Last thing, merch. Oh, yeah, merch. We got merch coming. Uh, we're going to be rocking some Champion X Foxing Around gear. It's going to be dope. It's going to be coming out this week. Uh, probably looking at about Thursday or Friday, and then we're going to get that out to everybody that wants to purchase one. 100% of the proceeds go right back into the Foxing Around podcast to do everything that we need to do to keep the lights on, man. So know yeah. that, you know, we ain't, we ain't making a killing. We're just trying to support what we do, man. Yeah, uh, we'll also be in uh, in the Saskatchewan area next week if anybody wants to buy some. We'll be delivering them in person around the Saskatoon, North Battleford area, perhaps, eh? Yeah, I could probably get even as far as Regina. So uh, Regina. let us know. Yeah, if you're in North Balford, uh, Saskatoon, or Regina, we should be able to drop you off a hoodie. But with that being said, bro, man, this was a great episode. Look at that. Two and a half hours just flew by real quick. Uh, we got some big stuff coming up this weekend. This week, man, Seven Stars Media is launching. We got our own podcast network. We got Haley Rose. We got Tanya Joe Hall. We got Solomon Trimble. We got more shows and guests coming through. It's going to be huge. It's going to be exciting. We're, we're only on the way up. We're, we're only all hits, no misses, as they say. Right, bro? No cap, no cap. What right, hey, what a time to be alive. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us again, man. I know you guys stuck in there. Um, and, yes, we will ship to the United States. We got you. We'll ship anywhere, Canada, the United States. We'll have to set it up for uh, how much it costs. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much, man. Couldn't do that without you guys, man. Uh, once again, shout out Smudge the Blades and shout out Cleanest Way, our sponsor. Uh, get yourself one of those dehumidifiers, man. I'm gonna be getting one on on uh, Friday, man. The foggers, bro. I'm excited. I'm I'm about to clean the whole house. Anyways, yeah, bro. Oh, one last thing, man. Yeah. Since we're not uh, since we're not really giving out our numbers anymore, we'll uh, contact um, Ryan uh, after this. We'll get in a quick meeting with Ryan and. Uh, We'll donate that two hundred dollars to uh, a uh, charity or nonprofit of his choice. Yep, sounds good. All right, All right. we're gonna do that real fast. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll stay tuned on who we uh, donate the money to this week. Uh, we just had some troubles with our numbers, so uh, yeah. we can't be posting that anymore. But anyways, I right, thank you so much. We we rambled too much. We'll see you guys next Sunday with Mister Vincent Short.